0: it is the chair shop podcast back after a week off we've returned to sunday evening glads calm down your week is off to a good start because the chair shop boys are here to take you through monday afternoon and they are myself mr barry murphy joined as always by our ever dependable co-host first of all mr joe towner good evening everybody and also with us
1: is mr paul griffin or morning depending on where you are in the world yeah, depending
0: on where you are, what, where you're listening to this, when you're listening to this, you know all this. Uh, the audio listeners can appreciate this, and they are the only type of listeners. Uh, Paul, freshly shaven. Uh, uh, well, to be I've, recent. Yeah, know.
1: I've I've still got the uh, the five I'm not o'clock, fully baby faced. No, oh you know. me, I was earlier. I got a little little stubbly do, and I got the hair cut, so I'm not. I don't have the hook hair anymore. Um, <laughs> And that, that's like the most exciting thing that happened to me in the two weeks since we've recorded. It's been very quiet. Um, you got like a new, new duvet set in. Ooh. You know. <laughs> we've been going absolutely crazy this week. Um, so I don't have much to talk about life-wise, so I'll let you guys get into that. Okay, what about you, Joe? Uh, anything exciting happened in your life?
2: Uh, oh God, what happened last week? I don't know, it was Easter, I had an egg. <laughs> uh, that was it, I think. Uh, this week went to an, went to the pub yesterday. Um, it Was a friend's thirtieth birthday, so we went out. It was nice because it was an early one. It was we went out at about two o'clock, and then we all sort of wrapped up at about eight. So that's that's preferable for me at this age. You know, you yeah, get home right. get home about nine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, watch a bit of telly, go to bed. It's nice. I'm not. I don't wanna yeah. hurry
0: out late. Yeah, me and me, me and me and the girlfriend were just chatting about this. We're kind of we both kind of accepted. It's just nice, isn't it? Just nice to get home at a normal hour. Let's just let's just stop pretending it's not. Oh, it's class. I was up till three a.m. Doesn't sound class, pal. Sounds shit. <laughs> Unless CM Punk's coming back, I'm yeah. not up till three fucking a.m. in the morning. Um, well, did you? How did you squeeze in the old footy while you while you were out and about? What footy? Oh,
2: I did see a bit of that.
0: Yeah, but
1: I'm not not interested in that anymore until next season. Uh, I'm still watching every football game. I I still put the jersey on. I say, here we go. This will be the day. They're back. So (sighs) Thursday will be the day, Joe, trust me. Yeah, yeah, it could be. And then Monday will be the day. Then Monday. And And then there's no day for a week. And then Saturday will be the day. And then the season's <laughs> over. and Then next season be the day. When is the season over? Twenty second of May, I think is the another last. Yeah, another month to go. Yeah. Okay. Um,
2: also to play for, lads. All, yeah. to, all, all to play. All top sixties to in the play.
1: We're still in yeah. there. Oh, but Joe, Wolves are beaten. Wolves are beaten. Mate, oh. it's not all bad. Oh, the race for six is heating up. <laughs> it did occur to me in the week uh, that actually I would quite enjoy. If we were in the Europa Conference League next season, yeah, I actually did think about that. I don't know
2: what position <laughs> you have to finish to get into that uh, that cursed competition.
0: <laughs> so what, that's a, you get you get to batter all the shit leagues,
1: yeah. is it? Right, we'll, we'll play the, the the second place team in Moldova. Or
0: you're like you're like Jimmy Snuka in early ECW, getting to go over all the young guys because they're shit and
1: no one knows who they are. It doesn't matter how shit you were. Yeah, <laughs> I just think despite the like w- you know watch of shame that would come over us for even being in the competition i think being in that competition would actually be quite fun it could also be historic because we could become the first
2: team to win all of the european trophies yeah. as well if we won that so i think it's worth oh, so it. it it's actually
0: class it's actually i think class. we should <laughs> i think
2: exactly. we should sandbag it and get into <laughs> oh dear oh, so yeah dear. the pub so we were at the pub for a few hours had a few drinks very nice very good chats uh, we played that game, I don't know if you guys have ever played it, um, where someone, you, you go around and each person in turn names a celebrity, and then the next person has to name a celebrity whose name begins with the, the, last, the letter. last letter. Excellent. In, in the case we did it, it was the letter of the surname. So like mm. David Beckham, Boris Johnson, Jennifer McArthur, whatever. Um, mm. Very fun game. Very stressful, though, when you're in a pub mm. and you're on the spot. And you literally just can't remember the name of a single celebrity. You're just like, oh, uh, 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 Willy Wonka. No. <laughs> yeah. Come out some, yeah, some real class ones. But Egg. Egg. Uh, yes, yeah, so that was really good. And then today, not, not a lot going on. I've been a bit under the weather as well, to be honest, like, oh. since Friday. Had a a cold. Could be COVID. Who knows? I've given up on... on... <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> testing. I can't be bothered. I don't think the tests really work anyway, to be honest. So no. What's the what's the point Now that they're not free anymore, I'm not going to fucking waste them.
0: Yeah. I I stop I would be I'm going to immediately stop believing in them once they stop doing that. I actually think they already have. I still have to pay money to to get a test now, so God, Yeah. Unless I'm can I just say I never believed in COVID.
2: <laughs> it was made up. Um, yeah, it's probably just a cold, a bit under the weather, but yeah, hopefully we be better tomorrow. But yeah, quiet, quiet day today, watching a bit of footy. Watched West Ham, Chelsea, which was pff, deathly dull for the first half. Quite livened up towards the end with a missed penalty. The know, worst kind of uh, on target penalty I've ever seen. It's uh, hilarious, wasn't it? Yeah. It's like it's not like the keeper went one way and he tried to put it the other. The keeper was just stood there. So I'm not really yeah, sure. What I mean, he's I don't
1: want to. You know, disparage Jorginho, one of the the great contemporary penalty takers. Mm. But if you had got a four year old to run up and take a penalty, it would have been about the same direction and velocity of the ball. Chance of
2: going in, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was good. And then I watched Liverpool, Everton, up until the point uh, Liverpool scored, and then I switched that off. So <laughs> good, good
1: weekend of footy. There you go. Yeah. Watching all the, all the rivals do well. That's right, yeah. United, not so much. Not so much. Not so much.
0: What have you been up to, Barry? Uh, yeah, uh, we had a week off. Um, I uh, bought a house in the time that we were off. We bought a um, two! Yeah, which is, uh, which is exciting. Uh, yeah, so we didn't officially, you know, pen to paper on it just yet, but we are saying agreed. Very exciting. Nice. Um, and so I... I, th- I think it'll still probably end up being the part I hated the most. But I thought the looking would be the hard part. And then it's kind of like you get the agreed thing. And then it's like, okay, well, now you have to speak to 10 million people. And they all want loads of money off you. um, uh, And that's um, that's great. Love that. Uh, before you buy, you know, place one for the house. uh, You have to spend God knows how much on solicitors, surveyors. I love that. One of the things I, I I think I talked about surveyors a couple of months ago when we were yeah. initially curious about it. Another another funny thing you do is so you get a surveyor out to make sure the house isn't going to collapse, whatever. I, I still think my my genius system when I'm president is that when you're selling the house, you get that done. You tell me that the house is, is sellable. But another thing you have to do then is once you're closer to the actual pen to paper date is uh, um, you have to pay For a representative of the bank who you're going to be paying back for 35 years, by the way, your life in servitude to them, you have to pay them to come out and also look at the house and say, yeah, it's a house. He can have it. Yeah, that's great. Pay them a couple of hundred quid to come out and say, yeah, that's good. He can have it. Uh, So that's good. Uh, Lots of that. A new person every day that we meet that has to get paid to to, to look at a piece of paper or look at the house and go, yeah, it's a house. You know, it's great. Uh, But yes, extremely exciting. uh, Very tiring. Lots of emailing, lots of calling, lots of visiting and looking, and, and, and all this other stuff. Very exciting. Um, so hopefully, before the summer is out, um, this podcast will be coming to you from my new studio, which I will absolutely <laughs> have, which is going to be the work from home space where my my Twitch and podcast stuff will also be, um, or vice versa. I'm gonna I'm going to think of it as my my personal recording space where the nine to five also resides. Um. Uh, yeah, so that's very exciting. Because as it stands right now, because this this flat we're in is so small that, like, I've talked about this before. But I come into my, this work from home office and I have to shove all my work from home stuff back against the wall, and then put my laptop here to do this show. But I can't leave it here in a lazy in a lazy mess uh, when I finish recording because I have to come here and work in the morning. So um, just very excited at the prospect of having space and options and a dedicated room to throw all my my shit in. So yeah, very exciting. Um, uh, and I imagine there will be weekly updates on the frustrations and 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 trials and tribulations of trying to get across the finish line. But um, an exciting development nonetheless. Uh, other than that, all my other life stuff feels relatively tame by comparison. Uh, I did go to karaoke Ooh. last weekend. Uh, this was a, um, and this was not just any karaoke. This was not just karaoke down the pub. We've gotten, uh, in Limerick a, a, a designated like karaoke spot, right? Uh, in the in the vein of like something akin to what you'd see like in in like Japan where it's like you go into a room and it's just a big screen and a fancy space age tablet with a with a library of songs on it and micro so microphones that are hooked hooked up to incredibly loudspeakers um and it, the, the it's not like you know going down to the the pub where they're showing the match at two o'clock and then at fucking six o'clock they wheel out the karaoke machine. It's like, no, this is a karaoke bar. Um, And it was a lot of fun. But one thing I will say is they had, like, real proper, like, professional-grade microphones hooked up to their real proper professional-grade speakers and you could not turn them down. You could turn down the music of the song, but you could not turn down the microphones. So when you have ten people in there absolutely steamed for a birthday party uh, and one of them's me um uh who has no no volume control at the best of times after a few scoops and I'm I'm uh wailing uh uh, uh in, in you know um backstreet boys into it um it was very loud it was a real overwhelming like audio visual experience it was quite the thing because again like I said it's not like you know I I've, I've I've done karaoke in like a student union pub before where it's just kind of like no one can even really hear you anyway because it's just a pub with a shitty speaker system but uh, it was fun. I, I would recommend it to anyone who's looking for something that's a little bit different uh, uh, for a night out. Um, uh, like I said, it's because it is literally just a room with a gigantic karaoke machine. You gotta, you have to do it. Do you know what I mean? You can't just sit there and chit-chat uh, uh, over your incredibly overpriced drinks because they're very overpriced in, in a place like that. Uh, you have to actually get up and do the karaoke, and, and people did, and it was a whole lot of fun. That was a birthday for a friend of mine, so that was nice. Um... That's about it. You know, I think that's all the excitement I could handle in in our in our, our week off was was buying a house and doing karaoke. Anything else I might have combusted. Um <laughs> but uh, yeah. That was that was the life goal for me.
2: Can you give us a blast of a uh, what was your what was your top song? Uh
0: well, uh, it's something of a recurring uh, the, uh uh classic. Uh I've done it in college. I did it in Germany in front of like uh, Chris Brooks was there, I think. Um, I was uh, Hero by Enrique Iglesias. Uh, oh, uh oh. that made a comeback, that made a comeback. And I, I like to, I also like to narrate as well and say, Look, there's Mickey Rourke, he's scheming against me, he's trying to plot my downfall. My girl believes in me, but she's gotten herself mixed in, you know. So it's like it's like the extended mix, do you know what I mean? It's like the director's cut, it's like I'm whoever the fuck directed that. Uh, director's commentary. I, I, I'm yeah. Scorsese, you know, saying yes. And what this scene represents is, you know, Mickey Rourke is. Is being a bastard, you know. Um, um, uh, So, yeah, I did that. I actually can't remember what else I did because it was a big group of us. So, we only got one or two songs. Oh, I did um, uh, Dr. Jones by Aqua, um, uh, the the real Aqua classic. A lot of people will talk to you about Barbie Girl. Listen, Barbie Girl's fine. All right, it's cute. It's you know it was popular very nice do you know what I mean but that that's that's you know that's that's your that's your um you know your Undertaker but you know Doctor Jones that's more of the Owen Hart do you know what I mean that's the real <laughs> that's the, the actual finely crafted gem do you know what I mean of the yeah, undercard of yeah. Aqua's back catalog it's a great I song. like to turn back time as well turn back time yeah I mean listen
2: yeah, that uh, was, that me, was like a real time. song. It was weird because yeah, they, they came out with like a couple of novelty songs, wasn't it? It was Barbie Girl, then Doctor really? Jones, wasn't there? A, yeah. it might have been another one. Then suddenly they did Turn Back Time, and it's like, oh, that's like a real song. What are you doing? What happened to Ooh. the What happened to the novelty songs?
0: Yeah, yeah, they were they were they were better than they got credit for, but uh, but yeah. Um, either sadly or positive, or maybe it was a good thing, depending on how you view it. Um, no total eclipse of the heart. I'm a little bit disappointed that there was none of that. Uh, would have lo- I? I do like to give that an L belt. Um, uh, on on occasion. Um, but listen, you can't win them all. It was a good library. Other than that, but um,
1: yeah. So yeah, we uh, do karaoke at Natty's parents' house. usually at Christmas the karaoke because like a, they have a little microphone setup set that you, you, you go on your YouTube look up instrumental version of whatever song you want mm-hmm. and bang out instrumental or bang out karaoke over it so we do we do our uh, whole new world obviously lovely excellent the duet uh, but I I'm partial to to a few Disney songs as well I, I like part of your world Little Mermaid that's one of my my ones I like to uh, to do every <laughs> chance I get <laughs> Um, Mulan as well Make a Man Out of You they'd be my top two what? but yeah I love a bit of karaoke I don't think I love it done proper karaoke in the way you have but anytime there's a microphone going I'll, uh, I'll have a go on it
0: one thing I will say about it is that it's been open for a couple of months here and I, I, I only went there because a, a friend organized it for, for his birthday and there was a big group of us and the reason you kind of need the big group is this place charges 70 quid an hour and generally, it's a two-hour session. So it's 140 quid. So you can't just, like, you, the missus, and another couple who are friends with you can't really go because mm. it's, it's a, a couple of hundred quid to do it and then overpriced drinks. So it is kind of like if, if one of those establishments uh, uh, does open up near you, it's kind of like the novelty factor, I think, cranks the price up quite a lot. So um, They should do
1: it like bowling where you can either have an hour or you can have a game yeah and depending yeah. on if the game takes you longer than an hour keep going but nice to uh, have the option that sounds extortionate
0: but uh, yeah uh so that was life Golf for all of us uh what about what about music that's not classics that we've been crooning over this week so let's, let's leave it let's leave it to the pros lads okay uh what have you been listening to this week paul
1: uh lots um so obviously we've been off for two weeks so i've got a double entry uh, two Beatles albums, as I continue to work my way through their catalogue. Um, I would say two more f- of the, the more famous ones, but uh, two that I don't think lived up to the reputation exactly and certainly weren't as good as Rubber Soul, which I uh-huh. still think is the best one that I've I've hit so far. Uh, Revolver, which is very much the um, the hipster choice for... Uh, well, my favourite Beatle album actually is uh, not Abbey Road. It's Revolver. Um Revolver, not actually, not actually that good. A couple, a couple of good tracks on it. Mm. A lot of uh, unmemorable tosh. Um, I would say the best thing about Revolver is, is that it's got a very arty, cool-looking album cover. But uh, it's not one that I would have on rotation. I think Rubber Soul is far stronger. Uh, and then you have Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Uh, same, same. I think this is the first album where they they. They wander into tracks longer than five minutes territory. I think it's probably the longest album I've listened of, of theirs I've listened to so far. Uh, again, handful I would say maybe five or six decent good tracks. Uh, A day in the life is very good. When well, I'm sixty four, I like. Uh, and then you have like um, very Indian inspired, and this is true of both albums. Very Indian inspired psychedelic, where. As I was listening to it, I was thinking, is this something that's designed to be like played backwards? <laughs> so, you know, and then you have, then you hear the real song because it's it's like completely tuneless. Um, so yeah, I wasn't crazy about either of those, to be honest. Even th- even though they're two of the more well-known uh, entries in their in their discography, I you know, I would say the songs you know. Uh, you would enjoy. But like the reason I'm listening to these albums is to hear the songs that I don't already know and see mm. if there's any hidden gems in there. And I would say across mm. these two albums, there really was not. Um, <clears throat> so next up is the White Album, which is the uh, the double album, the only double album in the Beatles discography. It's an hour and a half long. So I'm looking, mm. forward, to, looking forward to listening to that over the course of a week. Uh, and then we have the new albums, And it's a good week for new albums, because both of these were very, very good. Uh, So first of all, we have uh, Welcome to the Stage. It's one of the worst named music acts I've seen in a very long time. It's Wet Leg. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Are they from Texas, by any chance?
2: I'm just thinking, is it sort of like
1: Wet wet Leg Houston? (laughs) Wet Leg Houston. (laughs) <laughs> I tripped and fell on part of my leg in a puddle. Now they're uh, an English uh, indie rock duo, mm. a, pair, a pair of English ladies, and uh, the album is very reminiscent of uh, a kind of female equivalent of a of a Arctic Monkeys or or Franz Ferdinand. Oh. The, some some of the tracks on it are the the uh, the most instantly fucking groovy pop. Stylings since a little single came out in two thousand and four called "Take Me Out." Uh, Very, very enjoyable. Has that swagger that you like from early Arctic Monkeys that they they uh, left behind as they turned into crooning uh, knobs. But um, crooning knobs, (laughs) crooning knobs, not their best album. Let's be honest, you know. No, Um, but (laughs) I I I first heard of Go ahead, Joe. Making myself laugh.
2: Sorry. I was going to say it wasn't that B-side, but that's not that funny, but it made me laugh. <laughs> made
1: me laugh. Um, so I first was made aware of Wet Leg when uh, a rarity upon rarities happened. I got an email from Spotify saying, this album is coming out, Wet Leg. So obviously Spotify are behind it for one reason or another. Um, and I had no intention to listen to it. And then when the time came to listen to a new album, I said, sure, look, the stars have aligned and have pointed me in this direction. So let's give it a try. And I found it thoroughly enjoyable. Uh, lots of hints of other um, mid-2000s English pop bands. So you have a bit of Franz Ferdinand, a bit of Arctic Monkeys, like I said. A bit of Stereophonics in there on some songs. Um, and one track in particular is not mid 2000s, but one track in particular uh, uses liberally uh, uh, a very famous riff from a David Bowie song, mm. which I noticed in there as well. Yeah, I thought it was great. I think it's well worth uh, a listen if you're in, in the mood for something that's a bit more, I guess, sounding like a mix between something like the the Cardigans and Arctic Monkeys. That's kind of the sound or like Blondie and Franz Ferdinand. It's like if you cross those two bands, that's what you get. And I I thought it was really good. And then secondary, or secondly, uh, an Irish band, uh, Fontaine's DC. Yes. Uh, A group who were nominated for the Mercury Prize a few years ago, uh, who have won plenty of awards across Ireland and the UK already. This is their third album, Skinty Fia. Uh, Fontaine's DC, for those who don't know, are a kind of smashing pumpkin style post-punk Irish group very um, slow mantra style repetitive lyrics but in a good way where they just they're so rhythmic and so repetitive that they're kind of drilled into your mind i thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was really great nearly every track i've marked like so that's the again a hallmark of a a good album um, again very strong lyrics i think they're from a uh, an arty background i'm not sure what their background is exactly music college through art or something, but it's certainly um, certainly strong lyrics, and like I said, repetitive, almost percussive lyrics, and yeah, I, I thought it was very, very good, very reminiscent, like I said, of something like Smashing Pumpkins bordering on uh, grunge, but not quite getting there, but that certainly that kind of sound. So both Wet Leg and both Fontaines DC, I, I really enjoyed, so I'd recommend both of those. Uh, I wouldn't recommend those Beatles (laughs) albums. Okay. So there, you've heard it here. Wet leg, better than Sgt. Pepper.
0: Better than the Beatles. Um... Uh, I did listen to some new music this week. I I remember getting quite excited. I didn't wasn't aware this was coming out. I, there was a, a a similarly I got a Spotify email saying there was a new Megan the Stallion drop out so I was like excellent I'll go listen to that. It was only a single which was a little bit disappointing. I thought it was an album. That's how out of the loop I am. But it is very good. It's very good. There's a little bit of um uh sort of 90s ish kind of the type of beat you could kind of imagine notorious big rapping over very kind of new yorky kind of sound which mm. is not typically her thing um and and very the thing about about this is the most cliche hip-hop fan thing to say ever but the thing about megan the stallion is i do feel like as she's grown in popularity and has knocked out some pop hits I'm way less compelled by those than the more traditional rap songs she does, which are phenomenal. And I think this one's great. This one very much kind of feels like it could have been a freestyle she did taking and putting over a great classic 90s beat. Uh, So that's Plan B. Uh, It's out now. Uh, it's really, really good. Um, uh, again, more of the, uh, she, you know, and it's, not, and I think she makes good pop songs as well. in In that kind of like cynical kind of way, where every album has to have a single or two. Do you know what I mean? But I, I, I do find those songs to be a lot less compelling. But Plan B was really, really good. Um, yeah, that was the only new music I listened to uh, this week. Um uh we'll jump into the TeleGuff here. Um I'm curious where you gents are on Moon night. Um, I'm not caught up. I'm a bit behind, but I watched the first two episodes. And ooh, baby, how boring uh can one television show possibly be? That's the question we're trying to ask. Um it's alright. Um Yeah, it's it's like, you know, it strikes me as the type of thing that if it did not have the Marvel machine behind it and a huge name like Oscar Isaac in it, and it popped up on Disney Plus one day, I would assume this is some 2001 Fox sci-fi thing that no one remembers that Sky One had the rights to 20 years ago. It's so middle of the pack sci-fi perfectly fine watchable adventure lark but it's very beige it's very very beige
1: um, I think I heard you refer to it as milk toast slop I mean, that,
0: to- is, that was that was the, the meaner way of, 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 of saying it but I, I, I do well, think it's
1: let it, me put it this way Joe and I when we were last um, together I think we talked about it, the first episode pretty positively
0: yeah
1: generally um, I thought it was perfectly enjoyable um I never got further than the first episode. Okay. Ooh. I never I never went back to watch the second one. I don't know. It's just it just didn't lodge itself in my mind in any meaningful way. And even as a throwaway, oh I've none to do, let me throw on fucking whatever. Da, da, da. The time never came. I never found myself in a situation where I thought, alright, let's stick on milk milk night. <laughs> <laughs> Mil- nice. Nice. Uh <laughs> Moon toast. Oh, I've, I've still only seen the first episode, so my opinion hasn't necessarily changed. But I, I also haven't watched anymore, nor really felt the need to. The first, the first episode, I think, is a
0: solid outing to to grab you because I think uh, enough weird stuff that to you immediately makes no sense they do tie it together decently well but enough shit just starts popping off that you're like wait what is this show about but i like get a good way and i kind of like what's going on here we're jumping all over the place, timelines locations what's happening here and then like they just kind of there's a fucking there's a cgi marvel monsters the prophecy uh, the Jan the, the mcguffin of raw you know, in your pocket, it's just it, it all immediately starts to feel very comfortable. And also, it's like I love—I'm I'm a sucker for any kind of sci-fi or fantasy thing. The the kind of um, dual personality thing, um, Venom, as an example, is one that works. Um, the darkness, uh, another one. I, I I don't find any of the three people who occupy the Oscar Isaac character to be especially interesting or compelling um, uh, in Moon Knight.
2: No, I, yeah, I've, I've seen all of them. I can't remember if it's been up to four, four, I think, four I think. now, yeah. um, we've watched all of them, but yeah, three and four, I just lost complete interest. Really. it just, gets really boring. I liked it when he was like the little Mr. Bean fella in the museum. Yeah. And he's going, oh, I, I got, sometimes I go to sleep and then I wake up and I don't know where I am. <laughs> and so it really scares me. Bloody hell. Um, yeah, it's really boring. Really boring. And um, and as you say, like the per- the other personalities are really dull as well. Like the the, the guy who I see, or the, the part of the personality that I assume is supposed to be the interesting one, like the guy that can fight really well. I don't even really know who he is, but that one, that's even less interesting than the kind of Mister Bean one to me. Like, I'd rather yeah. he that was his real persona mm. was the Mister Bean one, not not the you know random American ass kicker guy whoever that is and there's the thing with the beak the skeleton it looks like one of those things from um Super Mario you know like the, the skeleton Cooper that's what it kind of reminds me of um, right. that's not interesting
0: <laughs> yeah kind of yeah right,
2: right. Um, yeah and then pyramids or something and then yeah might not bother I, I don't know there's six I think um, maybe if there's only six I might watch the last two just to finish it off but whew, it was a slow going yeah Sorry, Oscar Isaac, because love you otherwise, but no good. All righty, um, we've got us deep into the Marvel universe as I f- as I fear that we should tread. I don't think we should tread yeah. any further. Eternals and Moon Knight is as deep as it, it needs to go. We need to pull back. Iron Man, Hulk,
1: yeah, X Men, <laughs>
0: please, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, really, I'm just kind of like, I could just use a couple years off to be honest. And I haven't even watched half of the stuff on Disney Plus, but watching Moon Knight as me is like, oh, blah, blah. <laughs> It's like, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, elsewhere on Disney Plus, um, I did uh, start Pam and Tommy, which is on Hulu, I guess, in the States. Um there's a bunch of I can I the 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 names escape me but a bunch of like you know semi well regarded sort of television writers and scribes and producers associated with it um uh it's I'm uh, three episodes in and so far it's pretty good um it is, uh, if anyone has somehow missed the hubbub about it, it's it's Lily James and Sebastian Stan and it's Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee from Motley Crew, And uh, Seth Rogen plays the carpenter who gets pissed off by Tommy Lee, steals a load of shit from his house, and in the process finds the sex tape that would go on to be the infamous sex tape that gets released on the internet and all sorts of stuff. Um, it's good. It's it, All the performances are very, very good. Um, uh, you have to deal with... A lot of prosthetics. Uh, it's one of those kind of uh, uh, transformation. Oh, my God. You, you don't even know it's the actor. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's one of those things. And it's kind of like it's very jarring at first. I will say the show doesn't put its best, fest, best foot forward because um, th- there's a cold open flash forward. And it's kind of an infamous moment, uh, where Pamela Anderson's on the uh, Jay Leno show, and he's cracking wise about, "So the tape, Uh, have you seen about this, folks? Have you seen about the tape?" I was like, "Oh God, that's an era we're past." Is him being on television, Um, but it doesn't put its best foot forward because it's kind of like. Like Lily James, who's generally very good in the show, she's kind of trying to play it off as I'm, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And the Jay Leno guy, it's like, it's like a, just a bad typical Jay Leno impression. Like you and I were just doing just there. Mm. And the prosthetics in the show are generally quite good, but he has like a Bo mask on. It's oh, ridiculous. God. It is ridiculous. <laughs> like, Craig David. And so like, that's like the cold open to like grab you in. It's like, so, have you, folks, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? And it's just like, oh, dearie me. But then once the actual show gets going, it's, uh, it's uh, a lot better than that. Um, there, there is a comical amount of prosthetics in it because uh, um, b- b- given the subject matter of the show, obviously, there's lots of like Pam and Tommy sex scenes in it but uh, for both accuracy to the people they're portraying and also just, I'd imagine, because they don't feel like getting their bits out, uh, there are no actual Lily James tits or Sebastian Stan cock in this show. There's a lot of those characters' body parts in it, but they're all very good, but still noticeable prosthetics. Uh, 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 Tommy Lee's cock is out for like most of this show. It's constantly fucking out. Um, it's, it's continuing the 2021 and 2022 trend of just like cock is just now in on TV. Um, uh, but it's it's really it's really good um, <laughs> um, it's, was that it, on the, the the DVD of the
1: sex tape as well
0: <laughs> it's, oh no oh no but um, it's it's quite one, thing, one performance I'm actually they're, they're all the, the central ones are all really good but like it's the first thing in ages I've seen where it's Seth Rogen doing something remotely interesting remotely interesting right. he's not he's still a sort of downtrodden loser which is always his character but it's way less comedic um, the show in general has a little bit of a dark sense of humor, but he's not doing Seth Rogan. He's doing an actual performance, which I think is actually really good. Um, uh, and it's, um, it's, it's very kind of of the time in the sense that it tackles, um, in a non-cringy way, in like an interesting way. It's, there's a lot of like, uh, oh, how do we sell this tape? Oh, well, we can't take it to the porn companies because they'll get sued. I have an idea. We're going to put it on the internet. What's that? <laughs> but it's it's more, it's better handled than that. It, that's the type of line that when you're making a show like this, it could be so terrible and it could be so cringy and it could be so lame. But they actually walk it quite well. By the same token, the needle drops are very much there, but not obnoxious. I think there's some really nice, solid uh, um, uh, uh, song choices, including a nightclub scene where it's not quite aqua, but there's some really top-notch Euro pop of the era uh, uh, in the club scene. Um it's it's good. I'm I'm about halfway through. I'm looking forward to finishing it. It is a little bit funny that you can already tell at the halfway point they're trying to portray Anderson as like a very sympathetic figure and like it's a lot of sort of like men going into offices with other men to discuss what they can do with this tape and it's like oh well i can't do this what about tommy lee's lawyers very specifically saying tommy lee and not pamela anderson so like they're trying to paint her as the sympathetic character and talk about how her privacy was violated but then like she didn't want to be involved with the show so like you could argue that it's very up your own arse to make Mm -hmm. a show that's making that point that if she had her way wouldn't be getting made at all Um, uh, you know, is is you know, but that's I mean, that's fucking that's television with a message for you. There's always a a, a, there's always a hypocrisy somewhere along the way. Usually, Um, yeah, but it does. I mean, one thing I will say is that it does it, it it makes her quite an interesting character because it is. Um, they also show her like trials and tribulations trying to be taken seriously as more than the Baywatch girl prior to the sex tape coming out. Um, and Lily James does phenomenally well with that i mean she is a uh, tremendous actress um and as i was saying when i talked about fresh there the other week it's uh, sebastian stan is tremendous i mean he's a great actor um and i feel like uh having only seen him prior to the last few weeks in marvel stuff you don't really get a feel for that but he's he's very very good he was great in fresh he's great in this um yeah so i will probably have finished that next week and I'll, i'll i'll talk about it then um, I haven't seen the documentary that was advertised during Dynamite, however, that uh, I don't know if you remember Excalibur plugging that a few weeks ago when this show oh, just yeah. released TNT very on the bandwagon put out. It had a similar title as well. It was like the true story of Tommy and Pam or some shit like that um, uh, literally released within the same week. But um, yeah, I haven't watched that yet.
2: Nah, I'm too busy
0: anticipating Brat uh, in the Kitchen. Uh, Rat in the Kitchen and uh, Exposed Girls Gone Wild (laughs) um, which is another one that they're advertising at the moment No wonder Dynamite's
2: the number one show on fucking
0: (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, Everyone's like oh that new boss might not approve of the sleazy wrestling on their network (laughs) Oh I hope not I hope not Um, uh, And the final thing I've been watching today, a little bit of a a, a big kind of uh, uh, omission from my backlog that I decided to finally get to I started watching the Hardy Bucks which is a uh, very popular Irish uh, sitcom of sorts, mockumentary sitcom. Uh, here it is um, uh, started out as a YouTube series. Was then, um, I think RTE then sort of got involved when it was still a web series, and then commissioned an actual television series out of it. And it, then it also got a movie a couple of years ago. I had not seen any of it. I was not aware of any of it. One of the one of the actors involved in it. He takes his character from it and has also established a little bit of a career as a Twitch streamer and as a, 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 a gaming persona of sorts. He's not a massive one, but he does stuff in character on Twitch. That was all I became aware of. I thought that character was just a guy on the internet. I didn't realize he came from this show. This show has somehow completely passed me by. It's very popular. Um, I was familiar with the name. I'd never watched it. Um, I, I've i nearly finished all the YouTube stuff. It's about two hours of like very short YouTube episodes. They're about... They're about 10 minutes a pop. Um, and then um, in true Irish and also British fashion, the, the actual television show is like 20 episodes. Uh, it's very, very short. Um, so I've I'm nearly finished the YouTube uh, series and it is, very funny. It's very, very funny. It's about uh, for anyone not familiar with it. It's um, the creator just said it's directly inspired by by Trailer Park Boys. It's it, it's so similar. It's very, very similar to that show, but just with an Irish spin. It's about a sort of like a, a, a collection of sort of jobless kind of loser friends in small town Ireland. Uh, being the subject of a mockumentary, and that's basically just the premise. Their hijinks, their misadventures, their, you know, uh, small-time drug-dealing antics, their attempts to find a job. Um, one thing that's very funny is that the web series debuted in 2008, so very true to Irish life of the time. Like, every episode has a scene where someone says, oh, what's well, it's a recession. What am I supposed to do? Do you know that? Which was the catchphrase of oh. the entire nation in 2008 and 2009. Uh, it's very funny. If you like, if you like a mockumentary, um, uh, uh, I think this one will will definitely scratch that itch. Um, and like I said, the episodes. So obviously, the YouTube stuff is still all in full on YouTube um, uh, on their channel, and it's about like a ten minute episode, and it's it's very breezy, very fun. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm I'm enjoying that, and I'm going to start tearing through the the television series um, uh, once I'm once I'm all caught up uh oh that was a lot of telly i i made up for the last few weeks by watching a lot of telly this week uh what about you joe what tv are you watching
2: um well obviously third season of uh the dairy girls is uh mm. back on channel four which has been very good so first episode mm, kind of average mm. See some people not not that keen on it um it was obviously guest starred mr liam neeson Yes. Uh, I think his first sitcom appearance, appearance since uh, Life's Too Short. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, that is a show that has really vanished off the face of the earth, isn't it? Ricky Gervais. Yes. Stephen Merchant and little Warwick Davis. That, that was, yeah. forgotten have forgotten, gem. But anyway, yeah, Derry Girls, second episode, I think, back to form. Very fantastic. Uh, had our kind of stars in their eyes, style, school, uh, singing competition. Mm. Uh, where the Derry Girls were, of course, the Spice Girls. Uh, looking fantastic and a bit of a subplot with the mom but yeah very very funny very charming back
0: to, yeah back see uh, episode two back back in in, in. also one thing i like about dairy dairy girls is that it's a very modern very funny very sharp sitcom but it's also like unashamedly it's a little bit cheesy it's a little bit it could be a sitcom from another era because of course this episode two had the very tried and true um, someone gets half the story and thinks there's an affair happening, yeah. and then there's a big ravine at the end. Oh, I was just over at his house to yeah. do fucking acting class. Like it's classic. Do you know what I mean? Like they they do the classics very well. Um, yeah, I but, like yeah. that
2: they they have that kind of tradition. The humor is quite traditional. It's not the overly overly done kind of or- awkward humor where someone yeah. says something and everyone goes oh oh, oh, they just said that, oh. No, yeah. it's, it's proper sitcom humor. It's very, very, very good. Very funny. And they should do a movie, I think, after they've done season three.
1: Derry Gale's to Movie. the Movie, yeah, why not? So, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> no, um, it would always be about them going on holidays and it would never be as good. <laughs> they go on holiday. That'd All sitcom movies are the characters go on holidays and then it's not good. Because <laughs> <laughs> half the thing you like about it is the settings that it's in, in the first place. That's true. Uh, so that's good. And then
2: just before we started recording, watch the first episode of season two of Russian Doll. Mm. Um, the intriguing series. that was on it was a, a couple of years ago now, the first series. but um,
0: Yeah, quite a break.
2: Yeah, with Natasha Lyonne and she, in the first series, it was kind of a Groundhog Day situation where she keeps you know dying and then finding herself in uh, the bathroom at a party and kind of living the same day over and over again different spin on it this time i won't spoil it for anyone who's going to watch it but it's you know similar premise but a slightly different spin on it and kind of a, and a different mystery that she's in but yeah it's already looking looking pretty good from the first episode yeah quite you know funny she's very very she's got a wonderful voice mm. literally very gravelly i think you have to smoke at least 60 a day to get that kind of voice but <laughs> god bless her um yeah, very, very funny, and, and yeah, it's a nice little mystery in kind of grimy sort of New York streets. Yeah, enjoying that. So some some good TV. Other than that, we've been watching a lot of Sex in the City, but that's – I won't review that, but, you know. <laughs> she, she buys shoes and shags
1: a lot of fellas. So, yeah, it's
2: good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 2000s.
1: Better than buying fellas and shagging shoes, that's for sure. Um, As far as uh, Shag and Fellas and Buying Shoes goes, uh, the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race was this week as well. (laughs) Wow. One of my absolute favorite series, obviously. Uh, We had our hopes pinned. For some reason, first of all, this season went on forever. It was like 16 weeks long. Where normally a season of drag race normally a season of your your fairly light breezy drag queen competition might hit 10 11 12 episodes it's like 16 weeks it went on and they ended with a top five they didn't they hadn't even whittled it down to like the top three by that stage top five so we had our, our hopes pinned on our our two favorite and they were the two in the ultimate like final uh, lip sync for the crown. Uh, and our favorite Willow Pill did get uh, the win and got the crown, so we're very happy with that. And now we get a break from Drag Race for like a month until uh, Drag Race All Stars Season Seven. Jeez it never is, ends, which is where yeah. But this is the, this is the one though, Barry. This is the one where they bring back. It's an all-winners season. They're bringing Ooh. back people who've won the competition before. So we'll see who who the ultimate. All winner late. of the winners is, yeah. <laughs> it's very much a clash of champion of uh, the drag scene. Um, but now that we have this drag race break, it means we can get back into Lost and finally get it finished off. We're still on season six. I think we've got 10 episodes left, 10 or 11. So we're finally going to get all the questions answered. Find out who was it that killed the person in the train don't oh, know. that's the or Express I'm thinking of. That's not lost. Um, yeah, we're getting there as well. Finishing that off. Uh, obviously, that's a show that I'm very um, fond of. But at the same time, ready for it to be over to uh, to be able to dip my toe into some new stuff uh, and different stuff. Uh, so I've got a few shows on the uh, I've got a Cody Rhodes style list. Uh, not literally written out, but in my head. Mm shows that I want to I want to watch and get watched. But that's mm. what I watched this week anyway and not Moon Knight as we discussed.
0: Speaking speaking of shows that should be on everyone's list, I just remembered that tonight uh, season 3 of Barry returns, mm. uh, which is an excellent show. I'm looking forward to that. It'll be um, later. So uh, Billy Boy, that'll be chatted about next week on the show, but this week We've movies to chat about, and we've quite a lot here. Um, out of curiosity, has anyone else seen The Northman yet? No, no. That's a shame. I was I was hoping to get your boys' take on it because I I I'm like the only person I know of that's seen it that's as tepid on it as I am. Um, and of course, Paul laughed his way out of the theater after seeing The Witch. So I don't know if maybe he'll he'll be uh, uh, closer to me on it than um, I
1: wonder because you know. Uh, obviously, of the two films I saw, one I loved, one I hated. Yeah, uh, so I'm very uh, liable to go either way. I I, 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 no, first of all, I thought this was
0: overall okay. I gave it like three stars you, on that You gave it a
1: positive review. I,
0: I, I thought it was a, a good movie. I, I was pretty let down by it, though, with, with relative high standards. Um, so this is a new Robert Eggers movie. It is a fairly conventional Viking revenge tale but with the Eggers' flair on it. And it, and there is a lot of it, especially early on. The whole first act, you're like, oh, some, the rock man brought us some weird shit here, boys. He's fucking going mental. <laughs> there's there's psychedelic Viking ceremonies with, with farting and weirdness. And, and uh, Willem Dafoe is his most old coot character he's ever been in his life. Um, and it's all that good stuff and and there's a weird kind of fantasy element to it that's not leaned on too heavy it's all that good stuff and 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 there's also there's lots of like in a way that i feel feel like i I, i'm like general audiences seem to be really enjoying this as well i'm kind of surprised because there's a lot of like scenes where the vikings dance and do guttural roars and just scream into the air the way vikings actually would um and it's just very kind of like robert Eggers, like i'm just i'm this is the fucking scene i'm doing it and it's going to be long and there's not going to be much of a point other than this is a cool thing that they would have done to set the tone you know Um, there's a lot of that and then the second and third acts are kind of just like I couldn't i I, I hate to, to go into a movie by a director who's done some weird stuff and and demand a certain level of weirdness but the second and third act are kind of just exactly what you might picture in your head when you hear it's a revenge story set in Viking times um it I, I, I just feel like it's very plain Still, with his t- with a very st- a g- great level of of craftsmanship to it, it's a lot of it's uh, you know a lot of on location, really beautiful locations, uh, 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 shooting and, and a lot of that stuff. But there's just something really beige about it. And I will say that as someone who generally enjoys her, I, I think Anna Taylor Joy is is bad in it. I, I, I think she's really weak. Uh, Nicole Kidman is not great in it, and I, I said it to Broad after we saw. So I was like, I can't remember the last thing I saw that I liked her in. I don't think she's very good at anything. Uh, um, I don't like Nicole Kidman at all um, uh, in in basically anything that's not Batman Forever, you know. Um, <laughs> and not also, like, Batman forever, to be honest. yeah, I just yeah, I think that's just more kind of great like costume design and stuff. But anyway, and like. Mm. Alexander Skarsgård, he's done the what we all lo- always love to see. He's got jacked. You know, he's got jacked for the movie. Um, he's in great shape. He he does really great in those scenes where Eggers comes along and says, right, what you're going to do here is you're going to um, roll around in shit and then scream into the air for five minutes because you're a Viking. And he goes, <laughs> uh, yes, brilliant. Thank you, Rob. Uh, and he does it. And those scenes are great. And then when it comes time for him to sit next to Anna Joy and go, I would have vengeance for my family is like, okay, um, do you want to go again with that? Or do you just go, oh, you got to keep that one. Okay, great. You know, it's very flat. It's very, very flat. Um, And then I won't get into it at all. I I don't want to to do, do a spoiler for a film that just came out, but the ending is the most, the most predictable ending you could possibly do, and again, this is the guy who made *The Lighthouse*, and that's a film where I didn't know what was going to happen thirty seconds after the scene I was currently watching. And the Northmen—it's just like it's a—it's a parable about reve- folks. Revenge uh, is bad, um, and it's like think of there's a very well known, uh, frequently quoted parable or or saying about revenge and i'm not going to say it on this podcast because it would spoil what the ending of this movie is but it's extremely well known and it it, it basically outlines exactly how the film ends and i was just like oh and I, there was very much a, when the credits ran i was like oh that's it that is that's just it okay um so i i came out of it thinking this is going to be easily the most divisive film he's made so far of the three because paul aside the first two are generally beloved. Um, and and so far, it seems like this is like his most popular one so far. Um, like everyone loves this, and I I, I want to rewatch it, which I suppose is another positive thing for it. It's not like I wouldn't watch it again; I absolutely would. Um, uh, but yeah, it's not it's not quite as extreme as this. But when it, it felt a little bit like when you took take a, a a Chloe Zhao or someone that kind of popular on an indie level, and then pair all their their weirdness away, and then they make a Marvel movie. Um, you can still kind of tell it's them it's not that there's nothing there but it's very much kind of like oh you made a kind of a fairly conventional blockbuster which this kind of is as much as one of his movies could be um, but yeah uh, I, I hope you guys see it soon preferably I think it's a see in theaters movie for certain uh, my seats were shaking at various points during the film because the mix is incredibly loud or at least in the cinema I was in it was uh, but I hope you guys see it there and we can um, we can chat about it um, uh, in the near future. Um, other than that, nothing too um, uh, uh, outrageous. Watch Scream 3. Uh, it follows the same trend as 2, which is a little bit worse, but still okay. And some amusing sequel commentary in it. You know, all right. Uh, I watched Joker again for the first time since it was in the cinema. Uh, still think it's good. Um, still think it's good for all its, its many failings uh, and i watched the Nighthouse, which is yet another disney plus um film uh first time effort i can't remember the director's name but but a directorial debut very good it's about a woman whose husband recently passed and she lives in uh some fancy pa- uh, her husband was an architect and this is the most my husband is an architect house you've ever <laughs> seen in your life she lives in in like the middle of the woods and like the american midwest and after he's buried she starts noticing spooky incidents transpiring around her and there's a, a mystery at the center of it um it's not perfect there's a little there's a lot of cliches in there they do have the classic uh, red letter media i go and talk to an expert and flick through a book uh, <laughs> uh scene which is a shame because i think a lot of aspects of this movie are very cool there are Twists in it that I, I don't think you'll see coming, and there are there's a lot of legitimate scares in there. It's, it is quite tense, uh, and it's a, it's it's a quite a nice looking film. Uh, it's a solid recommendation, uh, not any kind of upper echelon horror, but uh, a very good psychological uh, mystery. Uh, so that's the Nighthouse, and that's on Disney. Uh, that's all I saw. What about you, boys? What have you been
1: watching this week? to you, Paul. Uh, oh. Boys, we have got the biggest 2022 release review of the year coming up. I mean, 2020. Barry, you talk about your. You talk about your fucking. The Northman. Your Northman's. You know? We talk about your. Your. Your upcoming. Uh Thor, Thor uh Love and Thunder which is obviously going to do gangbusters at yes. the, uh, the box office we talk about Dr. Strange your Batman we talk about Jackass Forever Dr. Strange in the multiverse of uh, mulch I can't wait for it um, <laughs> but forget about all that shit because I watched Moonfall hell yes this last week um so obviously you know this was off the back of the the half in the bag review. um I'd heard already Mark Kermode talk about it uh and despite the fact that he was mostly negative on it, he did give it a review that was kind of summed up as like you kind of have to see it to believe it as a certain level of of uh, dumbness right so i did I did check it out uh prior to watching the half in the bag because i was i was certainly afraid of of their opinion kind of skewing my own um and you know you might be shocked to hear that it is like horrifically dumb um there's one bit where um is it sam from game of thrones yeah is that his name Harvey?
0: Well, I think he has an actual name but but yeah, that's... I don't know, name. I don't know, uh, I don't know. Barry from East Angers shows off <laughs> Samuel Tarley, John Bradley is the visionary Roland Emmerich and starring that fat one off Game of Thrones except he's not Sorry. really that fat anymore
1: Um. So here, here's the cliff notes right? The moon <laughs> is going is gone the moon is coming off its uh, its expected orbit, all right? Right. And is on a collision course with a little planet you might have heard of called Earth. Not, not <laughs> Earth. Oh, no. Of all the planets. And so Fuck. We'll jump ahead a little bit because there's... there's Is this don't look of, up? Well, there's quite a bit of um, jargony bollocks that you have to get through at the very beginning. Science, yeah. Science, yeah. Go on. But my favorite scene in the movie, right? There's a scene where... Uh, who's in this movie? Halle Berry, what? And Halle Berry, and uh, one of the the worst actors in the world, uh, Patrick Wilson, who I just I don't think I've ever enjoyed. Oh, I'm not oh, come on now, Patrick. I say it. Right. I gotta say it. No, Patrick Wilson is 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 not a good actor.
0: Uh, no, no, what?
1: no. The it two looks, of this. Um, so, it looks
0: too much like
2: Will Arnett for me.
1: I always think he's Will Arnett. He's a like a slightly melted Will Arnett yeah. with a uh, uh, infinitesimally small amount of Will Arnett's charisma. Um, <laughs> this is harsh. <laughs> anyway, so, so Patrick Wilson, star of the criti- critically acclaimed Watchmen movie. Uh, and he the stand-
0: Conjurings. He,
1: well, he's standing next to uh, Oscar winner Halle Berry as they look at Sam from Game of Thrones. <laughs> They're trying to convince him to go up in the rocket with them to, to the moon, right? Because for reasons that are never properly explained, they've all the people who would be actually qualified to go in the rocket to the moon have been sent away because the moon is coming down. They've been evacuated, basically. So it's the three of them are left, and they say, Sam from Game of Thrones, we need you to come in this rocket with us. We're going to go to the moon, and we're going to save the fucking world. did I actually say that. That would have been a good line. I need to mention yeah.
0: that. They don't it's swear to roll
1: the Next time I'm talking to him.
0: Just, yeah, just this is a, this is a Roland Emmerich movie, isn't it? That's that's just, this is a Roland Emmerich movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, he he likes to keep it PG, man. These movies are for
1: everyone, you know. Okay, we're gonna They're we're for gonna everyone go, to save. not enjoy. <laughs> they say we're gonna save the fucking world.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank but you, Roland.
1: Anyway. I took the kids to it. They absolutely hated it. But cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so they're trying to convince him to go up In the rocket with them to the moon Patrick Wilson, an Academy Award winning actress Halle Berry mm, mm. And he, he 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 says, I can't do it I'm not trained, no, 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 no And they say, no, come on, we gotta go we, we're the only, You're the only person we can trust And he leans in and he goes, well Actually I've got irritable bowel syndrome Oh, God He doesn't actually do the fart noise. That would have been funnier if he did. Um, so in the middle of this apocalypse where the world... And of course, there, of course, being a Roald Emmerich uh, film, there's a scene where there's like a tidal wave and there's water everywhere. The world's being destroyed. And uh, Sam from Game of Thrones can't go to the moon because he got a bit of a dicky fart machine. That's the kind of movie Moonfall is. Um, unfortunately... Uh, apart from that bit where he talks about irritable bowel syndrome I just found it like really boring <laughs> it's not it's not a movie that's so bad it's mm. like funny throughout it's mostly it's very bad undoubtedly but it's mostly just really boring um, I, I, I think I think that's true of most of Emmerich's movies. They have
0: this rep as, oh my god they're so dumb. Explosions blah, blah, blah. I was like, a lot of it's just like, Mr. President uh, the fucking dinosaur he's going to eat New York. Give me that What? <sighs> You think I can let a dinosaur But Mr. President there's nothing we can do. Get me Will Smith. It's just like it's just a lot of like he, he thinks like I make blockbusters, but also I could have written the West Wing if I wanted to,
1: you know. <laughs> yeah. Well this is the thing, is like I watched uh I think it was in twenty nineteen, I watched Geostorm, which was an equally stupid movie. <laughs> but that one I thought was at least like fun yeah. while it was stupid. I that wasn't Roland Emmerich who, who was involved in that. I think it was somebody else. But that very much felt like a Roland Emmerich movie that retained some semblance of being a fun movie. Because I think independent, I like, I quite like Independence. I like Independence Day. Day. Yeah, even though it's it's really, really dumb. Similarly, I think it was in the in the Half in the Bag review it made mention. Like, there's moments in that that are like, you know, uh, take this, you dirty stinking alien. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing like that in uh, in Moonfall. It's just really bland beige to steal one of your Barry. um and then the like reveal scene where it explains what has been going on with the moon the whole time is like 10 minutes of exposition being delivered by like a five-year-old <laughs> and it's, it's it's maybe the worst scene i've seen this century in a movie um because it's, without like spoiling Moonfall, God forbid, <laughs> no, don't. It um, it's like the AIs turned bad and got physical form and then they ruined the world. I
0: hate when that, that happens.
1: That spread out over <laughs> <laughs> spread out over ten minutes. Um, yeah, I didn't like it pretty much at all, uh, and I wouldn't, I would not recommend that even out of a morbid curiosity that you watch it. It's not what you would hope to get from a movie uh called Moonfall. Even though there are some bits where the moon comes up over the horizon, like the Death Star in Rogue One, which was the best shot in that whole movie. Mm. Uh, there are bits like that where you go, ooh, that's a nice little like 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 the moon is literally the supervillain peering over the world it's about to destroy. Right. But then there's also lines like It's the moon <laughs> Run away! there will be like reactions to seeing the moon and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, that's Moonfall. Don't watch it. Okay. okay. Stupid. Uh, and then I watched the Austin Powers trilogy as well. All three of them in a row, back to back. Not on the same day, but on consecutive days. Um, so if you've never seen an Austin Powers movie before, uh, how do you sum it up? So it's it's Groovy Baby. It's uh, that's not someone at all, that's just what he says.
2: Shagadelic baby, oh Oh. yeah,
1: shall we shag now or shag later? (laughs) Um, it's that for three straight movies. Um, and then you have Dr. Evil, oh, I'm gonna blow up the friggin' world over here, and he's doing the little mm, one million dollars. One million dollars, and he's got Mini Me, Mini Me, who only appears. In the second movie. Yes. He's not in the first one. Don't. don't. People embarrass bad. themselves yeah. by saying that. Yeah. People go sit down to watch uh, International Man of Mystery expecting some mini me action. He's not in it. Um, I think they generally hold up well enough. I don't think any of them stands out as being like what I would call the good Austin Powers. I think they're all of a pretty similar yeah. six or seven out of ten level. Um, One thing I noticed on this watch is that. You know, obviously, as a parody of the you know 60s and 70s Bond movies, there's a certain cheapness to how they look. But they even look cheap when it's not a scene which is parodying a cheap-looking Bond scene. It's just a cheap-looking movie. And it's only when it hits Goldmember that they've obviously come around and say, look, these are massively successful comedy yeah. movies. Let's just put a bit of a budget behind it and make it not look like a TV sitcom. Um, what's also really funny on a meta level is by the time they rolled around to gold member and they were like, Mike, we need you to come up with another wacky comedy character that you will play. (laughs) He was so fucking tired of it that all he could come up with was right. I'm Dutch. Isn't that weird? Oh, gold member. And it's like the, the ironic badness of that character is what makes it funny. Um, and I think Beyonce in Goldmember is a better uh, a Bond girl, Austin Powers girl, than Liz Hurley or Heather Graham. So I think that I think her performance is better than both of those. Yeah, I Liz Hurley's not great in
0: that first one. Oh.
1: Um, <laughs> no, neither is Heather. Neither is Heather Graham in the second. one. Uh,
0: Heather Graham is also not great. Uh, but I mean it's just I mean it's like peak nineties, Heather Graham, so they get a pass. Do you know what I mean? It's like whatever. That is true. <laughs> you know, true. fair enough.
1: I mean, but that 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 is true for all three of
0: them. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, um, um, but
1: Beyonce feels like she's like trying. That's the difference, I guess.
0: I suppose it was a relatively early acting gig for for her, I suppose. Mm. Um Hmm. Um, i that's gold. number is the one I've watched the least. I mean, the other two I've seen them back to front a million times. Mm. Um, um, I mean that's part of why I, I'm so funny, you know. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that second of awkward silence.
0: Yeah, I love. <laughs> um, um, they they do well, do the- some classic bits in it though. They've got the you can't see his willy bit, and you know, um, the gross out humor is. It's good, but oh, God, it still makes me cringe when he drinks the shit, you know. Um.
1: I tell you what, as well, in Goldmember, so you got Michael Caine in it, right? Who's obviously wonderful in everything. And he plays Austin Powers, Austin Powers' Faja. <laughs> Um But there's a re- it's just a really weird scene when you're watching with 2022 20, Eyes, which is that his character is Nigel Powers. It gets captured by the Dr. Evil and the like, right? And Mini-Me takes him to a room where he's going to be held. And he just immediately says to Mini-Me, go on, lad, get your cock out. Let's have a look at it.
0: <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: so odd. Yeah, he goes, Whoa, for what, you're in there. You know, is it true to say about, you know? And Mini-Me just, like, whaps it out. And he goes, oh, you're a tripod. Oh. But just just the the nonchalance which he's like right get your cock out lad is a bit odd is a bit weird for a character you just met um similarly characters like um fat bastard are just so on the nose (laughs) with what they're doing that there's a there's a certain weirdness about watching them Mm. nowadays um although I ate a baby is a great line and will forever continue to be um and the best joke in all uh, three films is still the blackjack scene, where you have number two with the eye patch that can see the card that's about to come out, and he's on seventeen, and he goes, "I'll uh, hit me." Mm. You're on seventeen, sir. I like to live dangerously, and he gets hit. He gets to twenty-one, and then Austin Powers on five decides to stick. you <laughs> like, like to live dangerously, and that's the that's the best joke in the three movies. <laughs> And then the payoff of of uh, twenty beats your five <laughs> is uh, is just a little cherry on the on the cake so... It,
0: it, it's yeah, it's it's. I think I think those movies are kind of carried by the performances. I don't think the the writing is especially because it, <laughs> no. it, it's that because like they do the parody of the of the Bond girl sex name thing, but it, shades of terrible film, scary movie it's like you're not so much parodying it so much as you're just doing the scene where she she comes in and says my name is fuck my pussy agent Do you know what i mean and austin and it's but it's like it's not a clever pun but it's just mike myers goes i'm sorry <laughs> Your name that was is what the joke in bond you know? oh, yeah. yeah but bond but bond would be like oh maybe i will whereas, oh, whereas sure. austin powers is a little bit kind of deadpan about it um, I do like. I also like the joke in the first one where they unfreeze him and he thinks the commies won.
1: Um,
0: <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah. Um, no, there's there's funny stuff in it, but like you say, a lot of it is the iconic kind of the mannerisms and the. Categories. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's because it, there's been like there's been whispers forever of a new one, and and Mike Myers could probably desperately do with there being a new one for his career, but it's yeah. just like. I feel like if you made a new one now, you'd probably need it to be some kind of ultra self aware parody of Austin Powers because Bond is not what it was because now Bond is fucking uh, uh, Daniel Craig. You think I'm a villain, but actually I'm a heroin addict. No, don't beat me to death with a tire iron, Bond. Blah, blah. Like Bond is just no crack whatsoever anymore. So I, I, I don't. You can't really. You know, no one comes up to Daniel Craig and goes, "Oh, I'm." i'm v- vanessa open to anal uh you know yeah you know, it just doesn't happen no there's not enough camp movies out oh. there to, to
2: to make fun of
0: you yeah know. oh god they'd have to they'd have to make austin powers a superhero oh, or god, something yeah or, he'd be like he'd be a tony stark <laughs> oh god
1: oh god <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, I don't know if I could take a fourth one. I mean, I think it would be a bit sad, um, seeing twenty twenty two bloated up Mike Myers as as bringing back the Austin Powers gimmick again. And yeah, it would it would nearly feel like um, like that horrible Matrix fourth film they did. It would be very meta, and very self referential, like that was. Uh, and I don't think it would be any good. But there you go. Uh, but that's all the films I watched and. They were mostly good, except Moonfall, which is bad. Oh, I got a few. Um, so one
2: one pretty good, one in the middle, one not so good. Um, I'll start with the not so good. And that wasn't that bad. So it's Spencer, the um, Christian Stewart, Princess yeah. Diana movie. Oh. Uh, so this, it tells a kind of story of the <laughs> end of Princess Diana and and prince charles's marriage yes so sort of late 80s i think 87 and 88 or something like that maybe even, maybe the early 90s i can't remember but um so it is set over a course of, sort of two or three days at christmas um, all the royal family have, have gone away to i don't know Sandrinum. where well, I don't even know where they go. It's for Christmas. Yeah, One the, of those sort of places. The, the, the it's like a castle. Matter. Country retreat. Um yeah, so yeah. they're all there, yeah. all the royal family there. And Diana's basically kind of losing the plot because of the treatment from the royal family and photographers and the fame and everything. And she's she's really kind of cracking up. So yeah, it focuses on that. And it's almost it's kind of done like a horror movie, I would say. Yeah. It felt very much like uh, you know. Trapped in the house with a kind of this monster, which is the the rest of the family. Um, and I would say Christian Schuh is is really good. She's always really good. I think her performance mm, is great. Yeah. Um, very good. But then, kind of beyond that, I just didn't really get much out of it. There wasn't much. There didn't, you didn't feel the threat. I didn't really ever feel that kind of threat of all the. The, the circus surrounding her enough mm. to the point where it would really feel like a, you know, a horror movie. You know what I mean? You didn't, it, it felt like she was almost being overdramatic, you know what I mean? Cause it's so, they're so subtle in their kind of uh, bullying or their, their marginalization of her mm. that it yeah. doesn't feel like a kind of um, heightened threat. It feels just more like an awkward sort of weekend with in laws, <laughs> which is portrayed as like a horror film. So, yeah, I was a bit of a bit stranger. I was kind of on the fence with it. Um, I did enjoy her performance, but overall, I did not really take a lot from the film. Uh, and I think the definitive Diana performance is still from The Crown, uh,
1: which was just really, really good.
2: But yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie, but I, I didn't really take much from it. So
1: I appreciated that it was at least the horror element was at least something different from the normal biopic mm. tosh that you get these days. Yeah. Um, So like you say, yeah, it wasn't quite there in terms of being a fulfilled horror, but Mm. at least it had an element that was different than what you might get from, say, a typical Diana biopic.
2: Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we talked about the biopics around Oscar time, and they do follow the very familiar, boring pattern of just showing you. They all feel exactly the same. Showing you what happened with someone doing an impression of that person and what happened to them. So this was different, but it just didn't quite land for me. But yeah, and was, did you was, appreciate
1: whatever. that Princess Diana is just such free spirit?
2: <laughs> there he is, <laughs> folks. She's a free. She wears like a baseball cap. On an, she's,
1: she's like, like dancing in the halls on her own. She's mad. She's mad. She is. She's on roller skates or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one, I she's doing um, karaoke. Okay, yeah. She can't believe mad. it. She's mad. The moment when she runs into the room and the kids are like, "Mummy, you're being very silly." God.
2: Sarah uh, so Spencer also we saw in theaters uh, the Ooh. Lost the Lost City, starring Sandra mm. Bullock and oh. Channing Tatum, uh, also with an appearance from Mr. Brad Pitt and Mr. Daniel Radcliffe, aka Little Specky Harry Potter. Um, mm. so he this, loves when
0: people bring that up. By the way, he loves. Yeah,
2: yeah, oh. yeah they love. He loves that because, and you know, he's done a lot of other stuff like. Uh, he was in Extras, and
0: what's... He was research. still in The Child when that came out, you know.
2: Probably, what else? Yeah, he was in that other one. Oh, anyway. This <laughs> is kind of a throwback to... what It wants to be a kind of throwback to the likes of, sort of Romance in the Stone or a little bit Indiana Jones, a kind of adventure, romance, you know, for comedy, bit of drama, a bit of this, bit of that. Um, and it was it was entertaining. I did enjoy. I enjoy Channing Tatum. He's always very charming and very funny. I've never seen like a bad performance from from Channing Tatum. He's he does that role very well. Uh, I thought Sandra Bullock was um, quite good. But there's actually I'm not going to talk. <laughs> I'm not going to say this on the podcast. I'll tell you afterwards what I'm going to say because it's, <laughs> it's but... okay. She's she's kind of good, but. I don't know. She plays a strange role. She's like a a romance novelist who essentially gets pulled into, she writes, makes up these kind of fake sort of like romancing the stone, Indiana Jones style novels, but she gets pulled into like a real life version of one of her novels is essentially the the story. Um, But I find it strange because I don't think that, I don't really think that type of novel, that type of writer really exists now. Like I, I don't, I don't think the best sellers are, you know, someone writing romance novels with uh, a shirtless hunk on, on the cover with, you know, long blonde hair and all that stuff. Maybe I'm wrong if someone was to write in and correct mm-hmm. me, maybe that's still very popular, but it just felt a bit strange that she's sort of playing that that character a bit out of a bit antiquated or sort of outdated. Um but she is good and some of the supporting characters are very funny and it you know, it goes off and there's some adventure and yeah, it's it's okay. I did. I did sort of enjoy it overall, and I like the fact that they kind of tried to do that sort of old school thing. But I would say I actually much prefer Jungle Cruise um, in terms of that type of movie. I thought that was actually a much better um, kind of modernisation of that type of adventure movie. Um, Surprisingly, I don't think um, I don't think Jungle Cruise got a lot of kind of celebration when it came out. It didn't do a massive sort. of massively well at the box office. Uh, Critically, it was kind of probably lukewarm as well. But I actually thought it was really good. I liked it a lot. Compared to Lost City. Um, So, thumbs kind of in the middle. I'd say, you know, maybe watch it if it ends up on, you know, Disney Plus or wherever it's going to be. But I would say also Daniel Radcliffe, he's no good. He's no good. He's like the, the kids from Game of Thrones. Like, once you take him out of the franchise and put him in something else, it's just... It's like a little kid kind of acting. He should be on uh, Children's BBC doing like a drama series. (laughs) It's just, there's no like malice or threat from him. It's just, it doesn't work at all. Uh, Brad Mm. Pitt is very good though. Um, Yeah. So The Lost City kind of, not not bad. Uh, And then a movie I watched on Friday, which I did really enjoy called Freaky. I don't oh, know if yeah. either of you have seen this, but this is I love from the director of Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, which I didn't realize when I put it on, I just saw it on Now TV and thought, oh, that looks like a funny concept. I watched it. Within about three or four minutes, I just thought this has got to be from the same person that did Happy Death Day because the, the humor was just identical and the and obviously the premise and everything was identical. So yeah, obviously I looked it up and I was correct. Um, but very funny, it's a, a body swap horror comedy starring uh, Vince Vaughn and a teenage girl uh, Vince Vaughn is a kind of deranged serial killer i guess a kind of you know Jason Voorhees Freddy Krueger type killer he swaps bodies through some kind of magical dagger that's used with this young teenage girl so she inhabits the body of this serial killer this like six-foot-six serial killer and he is now in the teenage girl's body and of course, hilarity ensues from there as they try. And of course, he's happy to be in the teenage girl's body because he can kind of move around without anyone, you know, figuring figuring out who he is. Um, whereas she is obviously trying to reverse this curse, you know, to, to sort it out. So, yeah, I thought it was very funny. I I'm not sure that the final act really kind of delivered as as well as it could, but the, the first and second act are very very funny, and I, I like the characters. I was thinking it just very very funny. Some of the gags, I was laughing out loud like several times, which is rare for even for a pure comedy film, so let alone a you know a kind of horror comedy. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend checking that out. I thought it was probably maybe not quite as good as Happy Death Day, but but close yeah. to it. It was it was up there for me. So yeah, really really good film.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. The 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 real clincher for me is is like in sort of around the halfway point they have scenes where like Vince Vaughn the playing the little girl in Vince Vaughn's body like starts running like a girl through oh, the yeah. streets. He does a very stereotypical like if you ask a small boy what do girls run like and he does that in this film. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, he's um, really, good. really good. He's
1: he's great in it. Um, I do need to check that out. What uh, service is that? It's well, on the now. TV now, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't have that now. TV. Just I'll have to wait for it to arrive on something else, or just pirate it, pirate it online. No, I would not. I'm too honourable for that to be Although mm. the talk about these high concept uh, horrors didn't make me feel like I need to give it follows another watch. I haven't watched that in a while.
0: Neither have I actually. Yeah, I should have uh, it on should... Blu ray. I so so do I. That yeah, spin. how do way, know? How haven't I watched it? Really, really good film. Uh, we'll jump into the games from there. Paul, how far are you into Tunic? I have not touched it in two
1: weeks. <laughs> I don't know how far I am into it. Okay. It's that kind of game. Um, I feel like I must be coming towards the end. Uh, I would estimate that I'm about 10 hours in. Okay. And I've started to uh, feel a certain way about Tunic, which is that um, I think I reached a point where I'm starting to come down on it slightly in terms of my overall opinion on it. I feel like it's it's it does a lot of things individually very well, so it's um, it's a, a a great looking game. Very Zelda-like, uh, so I like I like those elements. I like they said, okay, let's do an isometric kind of view so we can hide passages and, and stuff of that nature. We'll have items that aren't immediately apparent what they do or how they're used, and that's what you have to kind of, you have to work out. And then you have the language, which you, as a stranger in a strange land, can't read and don't understand, so you have to figure that out. And then you're finding pieces of the instruction manual as you go. Mm-hmm. And also as you go, the game becomes increasingly difficult. And I feel like if if they had maybe taken two or three of those concepts and made them really strong, yeah, the game might benefit more. I think it's a little a little bit of of diminishing returns by having so many unique elements to the game that it kind of tr- spreads itself a little thin across doing all of them. And I think most egregiously is the fact that by, by the look and feel of the game, the fact that it's as difficult as it is, I think is actually a, a negative. Um, yeah. In that, you know, if you told me that there's a, a really interesting uh, Zelda-like coming out in which you play like a, a little cute fox who's who's lost in a world that he doesn't understand the language and you, you find the instruction manual and you piece together the lore of the world, and, and how to play. And actually, um, you know, progressing through the game isn't only about unlocking the item you need, but learning how to use it in different ways. Right. That sounds super cool to me and super compelling. Oh, and also it's it's needlessly difficult. <laughs> okay, well, that's an element I don't need the game to be. Like, I'm happy with the the simple version of the game. So, you know, I, I would be a liar if I didn't say that as I progressed, the, the baby mode... Came out once or twice, right? Because, like I said, tunic does have a no fail mode in the options, which means you cannot take any damage. So, I've basically come up with a rule of thumb, which is that: look, if I'm at it, whether it's a boss or just a specific section of the area I'm in, if I can't get past it in five tries, baby mode goes on, right? That's my rule of thumb. Because while I while, while there is elements of the game that I really, really think are super clever and super cool uh the game's beautiful looking the story is really compelling as little as you're given yeah i, fu- I I'm, I'm hooked to know what the next bit is but then there's just a bit where you 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 come to a new area and the enemies just fucking kill you in two shots and they're really fast and it's hard to avoid and i don't feel like okay despite my very little souls knowledge I don't feel like it's 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 equal parts learning the attacks and you know twitchy reaction. No, I feel like some parts are more so that than learning the attacks, and some parts are more so learning the attacks. But I don't feel like it's properly balanced. Uh, yeah. Some areas, you just go, you just get fucking killed, and there's very little you can do it.
0: Yeah, I, I, because it is obviously doing the souls thing, but I just feel like. And people do say this about souls, but I I, I just don't agree. It's just I, I I feel like your your movements just a bit slow and a bit um, unresponsive is the wrong word. It's not unresponsive, but I do feel like your enemies have all these cool sweeping area of effect attacks, and they do all this other stuff. And I just feel like I just don't have as fast and interesting a move set to deal with it as as I do in those games, especially like playing Elden Ring at the same time, like Elden Ring has a relative to other souls game has a jump which is a revelation because there's a lot of platforming in the souls games that's like shit Because it's like, use your combat roll to go off the edge of this bridge. But they added an actual jump in this one. But the jump also doubles up as a combat move. And like when an enemy does a very stereotypical video game, stomp the ground area of effect attack, you can just use your run of the mill basic jump attack to get off the ground and it doesn't hurt you. And it's a revelation. Big dramatic swings of the sword. You can jump over them if they're low enough. In Tunic, it just kind of feels like, and again, this is another thing people have said positive about Elden Ring versus other Souls games, is that there's always something else you can do. Go somewhere else and level up. Take off the armor you're wearing because it's too heavy and you can roll further. Jump. Try a different weapon. In Tunic, it's kind of like put baby mode on, which I don't really want to have to do. Or you're, the other option is just get the ti- learn the timing window. Just learn it. And that's kind yeah, of it. Yeah,
1: and there's, there's no leveling up because the leveling exactly of your attack is locked behind finding the certain... Items of which they're only a limited number. A
0: very game. rare amount. It's like an event when you level up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I feel like it's it's I'm I'm kind of with you. Again, I haven't played it since we last spoke about it. Um uh with regards to to the last couple of weeks with houses and all this other stuff, I've been absolutely mm. exhausted. So games like Tunic and Elden Ring have not been touched in the last two weeks. Yeah. Because anything that requires, okay, sit up, pay attention, actually play, you know, that stuff's been out the window. I, I, <laughs> the only game I've played the last two weeks has been Simpsons Hit and Run, uh, which has been driving me absolutely spare, but that's another topic um but yeah tunic, nick I do, i'm with you in the sense of there's so much mystery in it and it's actually hard to uncover
1: the mystery i kind of just wish that's what the game was um i wish that was the difficulty level yeah um it was just that um despite that though i also find that as you reach certain like, so where i am in the game without giving anything away is you know when you go through the uh, in, in the main hub world you have these two golden big gold doors you go through and you, it's, it basically is like, you have to collect the three colored stones. Duh, 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 duh. So I've got all three of those stones. I'm past that. I've done the three. What, what you're about to do, go through the three main dungeons of the game, let's say. And then there's a, a further thing after that. So that's where I am. But um, I feel like even though the game itself is very interesting and very like I said, one, one of the positives is that you 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 unlock a note and the language will be different language, but you'll see by the pictures or whatever, you can kind of try and work out what it is. But I feel like generally the game doesn't signpost you very clearly what you're supposed to do at points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, w- I would compare this with an, a, again, a game that I know this maybe this specifically wasn't true for you and I know you didn't really enjoy the game, but I felt with Metroid Dread Similar kind of feel in terms of navigating your way around, but I never felt as lost in dread as I did with Tunic to the extent that there is an achievement in Tunic that is called What Now, right? And after you get the three stones, this achievement pops up, What Now? And you have to just figure out yourself what to do next. And I will say at that point, I, I had a feeling of where I needed to go, so that was fine. But after I did that, there's another bit where it just drops you in the world. It's like, all right, figure out where you need to go next. And the answer to it is, and this is the hub world I'm talking about. This isn't the specific side area, right? In the hub world, when you reach this point of the game, one of the bridges that was previously broken, you can now cross. There is nothing in the game that tells you that that's the case. Right. had to look up a guide. So what you would have to do is, Run around in the hub world until you find. Oh, I can cross that bridge now. The hub world's pretty big in Jurnik, yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to spend an hour and a half looking for the bridge I need to run across. That there's no indication that I'm now able to run across it. Yeah. You know? Um, that kind of stuff I feel like just adds another level of frustration that that I feel because of the the already difficult nature of the game. So. While there's still a lot to it I enjoy, like I said, I feel like the decision to make it a very difficult game, even though after Trent, I, I said on the podcast, I'm in the mood for a more difficult game. I just don't think it suits Tunic or, or, or what Tunic tries to achieve with the rest of its style. Um, so I'm ho- I am I'm I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm at the stage where I'm like, right, I'm ready for this to be over now. Yeah. Ready for this to be finished. When that final boss comes up, it might be the case that I don't even give it the five tries. I'll just stick on baby mode and yeah. beat the game and move on to the next thing. Um, I, I, I'm almost wanting more to play a more conventional, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Just something simpler that is not going to be so taxing to my poor little pea brain. Um, but Tunic, I'm otherwise still very positive on. But I, I, I would be in the maybe like seven decent seven to, to, to low eight out of 10 range for me at, at most, because I just feel like it, it does spread itself too thin. And there are major problems with it that I have. Uh, but like you, sometimes you don't want to play Tunic. You just want to turn off your mind a little bit. And so I've been playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on the Switch uh, because they brought out uh, the first two DLC packs, Or not the packs, but it's one pack of DLC. They brought out the first two um, cups, let's call them. Uh, And they're pretty great. I mean, as someone who never really played Tour, I appreciated that those tracks are new to me. Yeah, And I think those those are probably the stronger tracks of, of the DLC are the Tour ones, because what they do differently to the existing Mario Kart 8 tracks is they will change the outline of the track from lap to lap. Okay, so you'll have these sprawling um, tracks where you'll have on lap one, for example, say there'll be like a Y junction where you can go left or right. On lap one, the left one is blocked off, so you go through the right one. On the second lap, the right one is blocked off, so you go through the left one. And then on the third lap, you go a completely different way and you're going through the track backwards. Right. So you have three, you have the same level, but th- they, they're playing around with the idea of each lap being identical while using the same space, which feels like, uh, obviously it's not a, a Mario Kart 8 style, now there's zero grav sections. It's not quite a departure like that, but it almost feels, feels like a point five, where rather than just um, hit, slopping out some, some old fucking Mario Kart 64 tracks, they tried to do something that's a bit different to the tracks that you have in the base game. Uh, so that's really cool and so what i've been doing is i've been trying to beat all the 150 cc grand prix right yeah all the tracks uh excuse me all the cups with uh three stars meaning you win every race uh and i've done it so i've done it already so <laughs> i'd every track uh in the game on 150 cc um I'll probably do it on mirror mode as well. Two hundred CC for me is is a step too far. I can't control on two two hundred CC because I'm I've played the game so much and I'm so ingrained in my ways of how the drifting works, how the speed works on one hundred fifty CC specifically. Two hundred CC works completely differently, and I just can't wrap my head around it, so I can't play it. Um, but what I will say is, I did take some, I did take some screenshots. Um, haven't posted them, but I did take some screenshots while I was playing. Uh, how far in front I was on one hundred fifty CC. Uh, I'm really good at Mario Kart. Well, at a certain level. At 150cc. At 200cc, the distance would be the same, but I would be in 12th place uh, behind everyone else. And we did get some multiplayer going, some local multiplayer, which is what Mario Kart is is best for. So we had three of us playing some Grand Prixs over the last few days, and they were really fun as well. Um, One thing that Mario Kart 8 Deluxe on Switch does, does differently to the Wii U version, which is the one that I originally had, is like Double Dash, it gives you the two items. That was never a thing in the Wii U version. You just had one item. Okay. And also the ghost was added. The ghost item doesn't exist in the Wii U version. Uh, and we used to play the Wii U version multiplayer for hours and hours and hours. So now, we've, now we're have now we playing the Switch version. And it, it it is, even though the tracks and the characters are all the same, there are subtle differences that do make it a different experience. For example, with the two items, there's a lot more rubber banding. There's a lot more Blue shells and, and red shells floating around, which does make it for a more fun. You know, we're all shouting at each other, ah, blah, blah, blah. right? It does make for a more fun multiplayer experience. Maybe a less so from the point of view of a purist. Oh damn! it, I got hit with another red shell again. You know, from that point of view. But from a fun party game, it does make it more fun. Uh, so I'm loving me a bit of Mario Kart, but I I I've like I said, I've done all the 150 CC cups now. So until the next the DLC comes out I'll probably not play it anymore. But it was it's Mario Kart is a great little distraction to be stick on while while you listen to a podcast or something. And and as a one player game, if you set yourself that challenge of let me go through the the Grand Prix and try and try and beat them all, uh it can be quite fun. Uh, except one of them I, I got to the fourth race of the Grand Prix having won the previous three and this was right before the finish line on the last lap. I had a green shell, just <laughs> in case. Red shell come my way. I got the little ping. Red shell's coming. I said, "No problem, baby. I got my green shell. Let me block that some bitch quickly." And I don't know why, but my brain, my finger were not on the same wavelength. And instead of holding the button to to drag the the uh, green shell behind me, I uh, tapped it and shot it forward. And uh, that red shell, hit me real bad. I, you know, foo. I didn't win. I'd start all over again. I'd start all over again because I didn't win the last race. But there you go. Uh, tell me about Weird West, though. Uh,
0: yeah, that's kind of the one game I've had the energy to play um, uh, this last two weeks because it is it's fairly kind of repeatable. And while I think it has decent audio visual presentation, I think it is a bit of a podcast game. I've been using it as that. Yeah. Uh, so, for anyone who doesn't recall from the last show, this is a, an isometric shooter, kind of top-down-ish uh, shooter, dual stick. Uh, quite difficult. It isn't. It isn't a complete cakewalk. Um, but once you get to the grips with the controls, it's manageable and it's not fully open world. It's like when you get to a city, you can freely roam around the city, but it's a, it's a format I quite like, which is, uh, you have a broad map and you pick a point in the map and then your character travels there. It's got a little map and your, 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 your little icon just slowly moves up the map, depending on what your mode of transport is. I kind of like that. Um, everything's open world these days. You do a lot of traipsing and commuting in open world games these days. I get enough of that in real life. So what Weird West (laughs) does is kind of like you you say, I'm in Scuttlebutt and I want to go to Yonder Farm owned by the fucking Murphys or whatever. And so you just pick it on your map and then you see your character dottering along. And there's Pokemon style like random battles along the way. So if you're right. wa- if you're walking, you get into fights every two seconds and you can't avoid them. If you' have a horse, they're rarer and you have the option to run away as well. So So uh, the map is absolutely gigantic and they really do encourage you to explore it all. not just you'll kind of come across different farms and mines and merchants on your travels with the story but they encourage you to like explore around yourself and just go find stuff and do side quests because uh, as i mentioned last week when they're tutorializing you they're like hey just so you know your friends will die but go somewhere else meet a new character and they're in your party now they very much push that stuff on you so i've kind of i haven't been doing a whole lot of story stuff i've been kind of just pottering around uh bumping into monsters killing them looting them going to a store in a nearby town cashing in all the goods i got and then buying a new weapon, doing that little loop just to, just to amuse myself just to 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 be doing something in that world and it's very satisfying in that regard i also have messed around a little bit more with the kind of uh thing where they're like you can kill any story in pc so one of the early missions i was like um uh, I was f- taking on a bandit camp, the Stillwaters. They're like the big gang in the in the in the world who you're hunting. And I found I found an underground tunnel in one of their camps, and like they turned on one of their own and locked him up in a cage. And so I went over to him, and he's like, "Hey, I got a mission for you. If you fucking." free me, I'll give you a health item. And I was like, well, I, I, I know because the game told me I can just kill you and take it, so I just killed him and took it, which, is, <laughs> which was nice. Um, Very uh fallouty. Yeah, it's it, and it, I think it's definitely going for that. There's also a um, uh, there's like a, I had my first kind of instance of I wandered around the world, came across a town full of bandits, murdered them all, then went to another town got a side quest. The person was like, can you go to this town and find my jacket that i lost but when i went there it was the place i had just massacred and so i could just freely potter around and just search through all the drawers without enemies uh they they like uh and the every town has a graveyard but when you kill everyone in the town the graveyard populates so i like walked over and like everyone i had killed had a little grave so it's got lots of cool little things like that um there uh i helped a farmer fight off a zombie invasion then, like, an hour later, I went to, like, a fancy posh estate on the other side of the map. And the lady was like, this no-good Nick owes me loan money. Go get it off him. And I went, and it was the farmer I helped with the zombie invasion. So I went back to her, and I said, suck these nuts. And she was like, you, 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 rapscallion, get out of here. And that hurt my reputation. You've got a reputation meter, like, Red Dead or whatever it would be. Um yeah. It's like, oh, helped this person, didn't help this person. And, like, I got positive uh, reputation for helping him save his farm and then when i did that mission i lost reputation because it's like oh you kept debt money because he uh he he gives you the money um it's it, it was one of those video game things where i wish there was like i wish there was a text option that they didn't actually give me my plan was to tell her to f off and then give him the money back. But it didn't give me that option. Right, right. Uh, that, you, you get that every now and then in these decision-based video games. So we're like, no, I'm not being a prick. I'm not keeping it. I, I wanted to tell her to F off and then give it back to him. And they're like, no, you kept it. You fiend, you kept his money. Uh, and I was like, so, you know, it's not perfect, but it is it is very open. It is very, very open. And I like that. Uh, it's not perfect. I have noticed, like I said, the map is massive, but there is basically kind of like... When you go to a mining area, they have like one mining area level. And it's kind of a bummer because the game's big, so you see the same area multiple times. Uh, Like I said, there's like posh kind of estates where you go to them, and they're like these walled um, areas with like statues of horses and kind of opulent kind of uh, sleeping chambers in it. And again, I went to one, I was like, oh, this is cool. This This is like a rich fortress type place. And I've seen like that exact location copied and pasted like multiple other times on the map. So it's kind of like, here's your generic uh, Wild West town. Like The towns, um, they have your uh, kind of Red Dead style strip where it's like general store on the left, doctor's office on the right, a saloon further down the street. And the towns, they basically swap the order of those around, but it's the same exact general store model. Uh, moved further down the street. Yeah. So again, like this is not a triple A fucking Sony first party bajillion dollar game. Fair enough, but it is a little bit of a downer when a game that pushes. Hey, explore, speak to people, do side quests, experiment, do all this, and I'm only a couple of hours in, and I'm like, okay, I I can see like the copy and paste around the map, um, uh, fairly early on. But as a Game Pass game, it's quite fun. And like I said, it's it's tough at first, but once you get into the Rhythm of the Combat. I I am now literally just pottering around, going to towns, talking to people. Um and it's it's a good podcast game, I think. So um yeah, that's Weird West. Um I think it's I think it's on everything except Switch, uh but it is on Game Pass. So if you're going to if you're going to play it if you have an Xbox system, I'd recommend oh, that. I
1: love Xbox, let me tell
0: you. I just before we did this, I just downloaded a new ra- I don't know when I'm going to get to them, but a fresh round of stuff. Um you know, uh what's that uh chinatown detective agency sounds good um uh some other stuff as well so yeah, yeah. um yeah we'll uh, jump into the wrestling now um and see what uh we had this week uh so i suppose the we'll, we'll do the news first before we get into aew television uh had we not talked about wwe cardiff yet
2: no no, I think it's before we know oh, even nice.
0: Yeah. Uh they had something mental, like a hundred and twenty thousand people register for ticket information or some shit like that, or that's what they said. Um uh but it seems like it's going to be a, a Brian Burner. Joe, is your email in there?
2: I put my email in there. Even mm-hmm. I know I'm I've sworn off WWE, I didn't even watch WrestleMania, but I can't miss a, a UK stadium show on the thirtieth anniversary of uh, SummerSlam ninety two. Anyway. No, they 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 knew what they knew. That was the one thing that they could get me with as a, a stadium shop I'm waiting for that thirty years. So uh, yeah, I did put my email in, and I will probably try and get tickets if, uh, if I
0: can. I think I, I think I would go if it was in like Croak Patrick. If it was on our shores, I'd probably go. I would probably go. Yeah. Um. What do you What do you hope would be your main event? What's What's a main event that you're like? Okay, I'm going because it's it's on my doorstep. But like, uh, what's a good match that you'd actually be like? Oh, okay, yeah, cool.
2: Butch versus uh, Ridge Holland.
0: I okay, yeah, yeah. Battle of Britain. The mega uh, powers yeah. explode. Where's Butch? Where's no? I know where Butch is from. Where's Ridge Holland from? By the way, I think he's uh, Dutch, isn't he? That's, oh, that's, no, No, he's no, he's, he's, he's in the he's in the fucking Shemo
2: stable. No, that was a joke based on his. Oh, name. oh, okay. Uh, oh, I got it, Me and Paul is, are slow. He is a Yorkshireman. Uh, okay, he's from is uh, from uh, Yorkshire. Ooh, laddie. Well, Ooh. watch wrestling watch lad. T- wrestling yeah <laughs> no i the, 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 the strange thing about it is i do really want to go but i'm also a bit torn because i'm not sure whether it's going to be like a proper card or whether they're just going to put on
1: like a load of shit i think it will be matches, i think it's you know what I, mean? I think it'll be your equivalent of the like the australia super showdown they did one of those in terms of name value, at least they had like Triple H. Yeah, it'll yeah, have, yeah, but that's exactly it. it'll it have name value. But
0: it is—is is it going to be? Uh, you know, are they going it's to? It's not going to be. It's not going to be Battle of Los Angeles. Well, no, of course not. <laughs> yeah. Is
2: it going to be? Yeah, is it going to be like a glorified house show, or will it be like a proper pay per view?
0: No, I think it'll be I think proper. it'll be a proper pay per view. I think it will. It's just, it's just WWE is just so funny because I like I look at the roster now and I'm like. Who do they even have to like face Roman? Like, forget about Cardiff. Who do they have to face Roman next month? Like, it's like they've done everything, they've built a company around one guy, they've done a great job, but he's now faced and beaten everyone. Um, <sighs> maybe we'll wrestle Cody.
2: Adrenaline, honestly, if Cody, yeah, if Cody's on the card, I'm gonna like rip my hoodie off and reveal an AEW t shirt. <laughs> 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 It's going to be like WrestleMania 31 all over again, and we end oh, up with God. laryngitis booing Cody Rhodes uh, incessantly. But yeah, I'm, I'm still going.
0: But yeah, is there a, is there a Euro they could even like heat up for for the purpose of a Roman match? Like, I guess Sheamus. I guess they could. They could. I mean, that's not exactly great. Like a mid card Irishman for the show in Wales. Um, you know, Drew, Drew drew you always have drew that's true yeah, yeah. i think drew yeah, yeah definitely. and i feel like they i feel like they owe him a, a solid for uh, performance center wrestlemania then you lost when the fans came back and then this year you had happy corbin i feel like they owe him a stadium show uh respectable performance yeah. um but uh yeah. so that's uh when are the tickets on sale for that i don't know <laughs> I'm, just yeah. waiting for, I'm waiting
2: for the emails through.
0: you're waiting for the email yeah i would uh i would set your alarm forever whenever that would be anyway i it seems like it's certainly going to be near enough to a sellout i guess we'll see what the prices. i'm sure plenty of people are going to get the email and then see the prices and say Ooh. yeah um is it a bit annoying
2: that it's in cardiff a little bit yeah if it was in london i'd be 100 percent definitely going but yeah mm. cardiff obviously got to get there it's not
0: too I mean it's only two hours on the train it's not not that bad but,
1: uh, then pay, but listen
2: pay,
0: as as one of her, as whats face said in the House of Commons it's great for the South Wales economy baby like you know it's great to see that clip
2: yeah <laughs> I'm not sure what long lasting impact it will have you know 50,000 smelly wrestling fans showing up <laughs> for one night to watch uh, a disappointing Roman reigns versus uh Pat McAfee main event. I don't
0: know, but oh, maybe you'll get a Pat McAfee match. That'd be glad, even though nobody in nobody outside of America, he's like he's like legitimately famous in America, but nobody outside of America knows who he Uh, is.
1: What is your uh, fondness, Joe, for uh, Bill Goldberg? Oh dear, he'll be showing up for a match. Oh no,
2: I don't know because there's no Saudi. It's not like you know the first minister of Wales is going to. Well, let me see if 10, I can follow. Ten million to get Shawn Michaels out of retirement.
0: Yeah, it's like the qu- the Queen is like, uh, uh, Sir Vince. I would bloody love if you could get. You know who I like. I like that Dean Ambrose. I like that. Uh, I like that CM Punk uh and um yoko zuna <laughs>
2: and that uh young uh, william regal he's a lovely fellow
0: oh, sorry just as an aside i was i was catching up over the weekend on OSWs. so i'm like a year behind fucking hell yoko zuna at heroes of wrestling jesus christ he was i've never seen a man so like oh, oh i don't to really speak ill of the dead but he was not looking in, in tip-top shape i'll be honest yeah, um, complete, true. completely random aside, but that just came back to me there because the queen wants to see him. Um, <laughs> uh, who, who, who's an equivalent of of Pat McAfee that the UK crowd would like? Ali McCoist, Chris Miles <laughs> Ali McCoist,
2: <laughs> Miles is even better. He doesn't Miles even do sport, sport, does he? Paddy McGuinness.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, 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 was going to say,
1: gonna say uh, <laughs> Rob Beckett or someone like that. They get it. <laughs> Rob, I saw Rob, oh, Rob Beckett at a, at, a, at a wrestling show in Dublin.
2: Oh yeah, he's, I think he's a wrestling fan. Yeah,
1: yeah, he came out during a WWE house show and did ring announcing.
2: Oh, Fucking yeah. the Beast, the Beast. He from the
0: Chase. He's a yeah, the biggest, he? yeah. <laughs> the beast from the and he's a big lad as well. Yeah, so. the people would think, oh, it's 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 that big daddy over there. Oh, I can't quite tell. <laughs> Um, is that is that Wade Barrett they brought back? Is <laughs> that looking well? Actually, they do employ Wade Barrett. I mean, they could use him in some capacity. Nigel McGuinness, I want to see him wrestle. So bring him out for moment. Oh Nigel, that would be Nigel. class. I mean, the funny the funny thing about all of this is is like they only like they're not putting anyone on this show who's not already a, a Raw or SmackDown wrestler. NXT UK is not getting a sniff of this.
1: No. I mean, no. that's that's what I was thinking. Would they would they do a Mansoor? Style pity. Oh, they do a battle. Hey, they do a go. battle royal, probably. It's the UK champion or whatever a battle royal I mean, with all the NXT. What teams. a damning statement if they have the show in the UK and don't have the United <laughs> Kingdom champion on it. Who is the champion? I've uh, Ilya Dragunov. Yeah, Gunter. I don't know. No, he's on SmackDown. Is he?
2: Guess. Yeah. Fair play to him. Uh, yeah. So I'm kind of excited, but also not very excited. So yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's uh, WWE in Principalities Stadium in Cardiff in September. Also announced big, big, uh, it was a week for big uh, announcements. Uh, finally, official, they have announced that they are doing an AEW uh, cross New Japan Pro Wrestling show in the summer. It's going to be June 26th. It will be in the United Center, which is the big uh, venue where CM Punk came back um, uh, a couple of uh, months ago. So uh, not too much else to report on at the moment other than, you know, this is a thing people have wanted basically since AEW formed. Um, And I'm very curious to see what tier of match they offer on this um, the fact that they want to go to the United Center And it's on pay-per-view as well That's probably worth noting as well This is a regular conventional pay-per-view um, uh, A month after double or nothing That kind of tells me that maybe we, we, we can't just get six-man tags Do you know what I mean? This has, to be, no. this has to be matches This has to be matches, I think Or at least there has to be at least a match of real note on the
2: show Like at least one big dream match Like a Danielson versus someone Okada Osprey yeah, Tanahashi, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, we don't, don't want to see Jay White teaming with the Young Bucks versus um Kapongi Vice or whatever they're called. I don't know, I don't know who they <coughs> are. One of these lads, one of these stupid factions they have. Oh, oh, my God! Kapongos come out. I'm raging. What's Zack Sabre Jr.'s team called? It's something awful, Dangerous Techers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if it's dangerous, Techers versus I don't know someone. That won't be the be, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, that'd be good actually. Oh, the yeah, that would be, claim that it, that be that good. Might be. Yeah, that'd be fine.
0: I want I want Max Caster to do a rap about why Zack Sabre Jr. doesn't tweet anymore.
2: Oh, <laughs> that'd be good. I yeah, it's interesting. Cause when they when they announced the deal that AW would be streaming on New Japan World, obviously I immediately thought hmm could this be, you know, next step in going into a card? And of course Mm. it's come. I actually thought it would be for me, like the first super card between those two would be like an even bigger deal, almost like maybe not like a WrestleMania level, but somewhere kind of in between what they've been doing in a WrestleMania, maybe like a 30,000, 35,000 seats or stadium type. It's interesting. They're kind of rushing it quite quickly. You know, it's only a couple of months out and following their big pay-per-view of the year. So I don't know if that means it's not going to be quite the sort of, you know, card to end all cards or whether this is just the first sort of foray and we get something bigger, but we'll see. Be
0: interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's time. Time will tell. It's just, it's going to be very interesting. I, I, I think the biggest like the biggest if like just think forget everything else about politics and who would lose this match is probably a tough too tough a question to answer but like i think the biggest match they could do is okada punk um which also then like to tie it back into like regular aew programming Hmm. it's getting like increasingly hard to deny that oh maybe punk should be the champion now maybe that's uh, that's that's also and that that will then affect what happens at forbidden door because you know who loses yeah. when and to whom is, is going to be a tough political thing. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: that's why I wonder mm-hmm. if they don't do that if they go with like Punk Tanahashi or something like that where mm-hmm. maybe Punk could win or it's less less of an issue. Punk maybe. and Kenta surely. Oh, could be interesting. It could be interesting. Yeah, it's an exciting summer ahead.
0: Uh, yeah. So as for AEW programming, uh, while we were away uh, did you lads watch battle of the belts
1: <laughs> no unfortunately i did
0: yeah it was I all their shows yeah it was quite boring
1: it was quite boring um sammy won the belt
0: again. sammy won the belt they turned him heel that was the right call but still it's just like well um, um, yeah you yeah, know uh ring of honor title match they did well with a crowd who did not know who they were um and it was weird because I was watching it with Brona and she asked me, "Is like, do, do, do the crowd not know who they are? And I was like, well, they probably know who these two people are, as in if you said their names to most of the people in the crowd, hmm. but they haven't been on television for like two years with COVID and stuff like that. And it's just AEW stole Ring of Honor's thunder and who who needed Ring of Honor after AEW got TV, you know? Um uh, yeah, and then Nyla Rose and Thunder Rosa, I mean that was just it was fine but it was just so not
1: a not a main event. Not. Mm-hmm. A main event. I mean Ring of Honor realistically had lost their luster long before AEW. Yeah. Gone, fair. The AEW gave mm. lesser reason for people to watch Ring of Honor. Um Yeah, I mean I we've seen Dalton Castle live obviously in Dublin where similarly he comes off like a star, and then once he starts wrestling, less so. Um, I thought the match was pretty good, but, I mean, I think for, for these quarterly one-offs, they need to put a little bit more effort into them. Yeah. Yeah, the, the fact they had the world title and the tag title matches on Dynamite and Rampage prior, and then on the Battle of the Bounds, you got the TNT and the women's uh it didn't feel like the story, and the Ring of Honor, obviously. It didn't feel like a, a must-watch. Oh, I will have to watch this to, uh, you know, see the must-see match or see the big title on the line. Um, it felt like a week where their priority was still to get people to watch Rampage, really. Yeah, over Battle of the Bands, Battle of the Bands, Battle of the Belts. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I the Sam whole Sammy thing, like we've obviously been very disparaging about sammy even before the take thing started mm-hmm. um so i'm happy they've at least taken the step to, to turn him heel. but my god what an annoying person <laughs> i can't be doing with him i cannot be doing with him to be honest and they're not they're doing a ladder match they just did a ladder match with cody enough ladder matches enough street fights <laughs> enough Every match is a stipulation match. I, I, I yeah. sound like Jim Cornette, but Christ. no, but you're no. right. You're
0: so right. Um, ladder matches, especially because it's not just AEW do too many, but like everyone does too many. My god, give it a break. Um, mm. like,
1: but how many matches has there been, like TNT defenses, let's say, since the Cody ladder match? Four, yeah,
0: um, yeah. So- uh, elsewhere on the um, uh, uh, AEW television front, um, what did you guys make of the the Texas Death
1: Match? Uh, it was alright. wasn't that into it. Kind of. It was. Uh, it wasn't as good as the Lance Archer one, which no. Uh, I I wouldn't have thought going in because with Lance Archer, I didn't believe at all the Lance Archer was going to win the title. Um, and I would think, generally speaking, that I would be more into an Adam Cole Hangman match than an Lance Archer Hangman match. But I thought the 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 Archer match had lots of little clever moments in it. That you know, especially the finish. And uh, this was just a, a this felt like just another AW brawl. No, no, not significantly better than your run of the mill version of that. Yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. I was pretty disappointed with it. Was pretty. there was no urgency to it I feel like it was just um, yeah I, I, I'm I not a big um, fucking take a shit on Adam Cole because he doesn't look like Brian Cage person I'm honestly not but him wrestling in the jeans and the t-shirt I was like dude you you look like a fan I'm sorry but he looked like a fan in there he really did like Paige, Paige had his street fight gear on but Paige still looks like the world champion do you know what I mean Uh, And I'm honestly not that guy typically, but in that match, a combination of how he looked, but also his performance, I thought was really, really lackadaisical.
1: Um, um, Yeah, that was a bummer. I think I'm I'm very much burnt out on Adam Cole in AEW at this stage. Same, yeah. Um, I think we made this point already, but he's on every week. Yeah, there's no break from him. Whereas other people, you you'll get a week with no CM Punk, you'll get a week with no Danielson or Moxie, but Cole is every week he's on and I feel like we don't get we don't get uh, time to recover from the last time we saw him. Um, yeah I agree I agree uh, God I miss, I miss Kenny Omega yeah I'm ready for him to be back God I miss Omega <laughs> I noticed that particularly there was a segment with um, the young bucks and Red Dragon and Cole where they're all standing in a line, WWE style, and uh, talking about their 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 challenge for is it Dynamite this week? The Ten Man. Um, and I was just like, oh god, this 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 whole faction does does nothing for me. Um, as much as I like the Young Bucks and I like I do quite like Red Dragon as a team, that little group and the the little intergroup uh, drama, drama and machinations. No, I'm not into it. Can we cannot make it back? Um, and poor uh, Darius Martin is injured again. Apparently. Yeah, that's a that's a real fuck. bummer. Just back as well because I noticed when Dante was added to that ten man on his own, and he was in the match this week on his own. Yeah, I thought, oh, why is he on his own again? And then I heard that actually, uh, Darius is injured again, another long term one as well. Apparently, yeah, oh, fuck,
0: yeah, really unfortunate for him. Really unfortunate. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else we had from Dynamite and Rampage. Dynamite Rampage's been good the last two weeks.
2: Um Had a uh, finally got Marina Shafir versus Jade Gargoyle
1: which was a lot better than I was expecting. No, honestly. Yes, I thought so too. especially yeah. uh, although someone got to smarten Jade up to you know when you put someone through a table, you put them through the middle girl. No, it looks better unless she yeah. fucked her up fuck on the edge of that. it. To be honest.
2: <laughs> I Paul, what cut the know? shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, there we go.
2: You're not getting in the baddie section.
0: Yeah, you're not getting I'm I will I will be in the baddie section, oh. let me tell you. When they when they land on this continent, that first show, I'm I'm gonna in the baddie section. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that I mean she, she must have seven million beardy fucking losers in her DM requests. So it'll be very hard to stand out from the pack, but I I will say Miss Cargill, I have to be in the baddie section. I want to be a baddie. <laughs> Uh, me and me and Kira Hogan uh, are going to be cheering you on, um, but oh, um, yeah, I thought that match was much better than than it had any right to be. Uh, and I think Jade comes on leaps and bounds every week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously, agreed. Shafir had the not great match last week with with Sky Blue, but, but
1: I thought she was good this week.
0: Yeah, as
1: um, much as much of match was her getting beat up
0: by Jade, but to to to. To, to give AEW a little bit of criticism, I mean, they they have the standard for matches so high now, obviously, because even the matches that under-deliver are of a certain benchmark, right? Mm. But, like, they had the Shafir Sky Blue match, which was, like, barely televisable. Do you know what I mean? And then mm. this week, Britt Baker and Danielle Camilla. Holy Jesus. Or, like, I do not pronounce her last name in crazy, The former Va- Vanessa Bourne
1: and she was on NXT TV for like and i i remember years. watching her and not
0: thinking she was she was obviously a She's trainee fine. but i thought she was fine holy Jesus, that match was absolutely horrible. And I saw a lot of people pointing out that Brit's promo afterwards was not that good. And like, oh, weird, was she nervous because it was her first time back? I was like, no, she probably knows she just had an absolute fucking nightmare out there mm. with this other girl. It was terrible. It was so, so bad. So like, I know they, they, they need to they need to sign some more women and flesh that division out because when they're, when your benchmark is getting as high as AEW's, they can't have that kind of match on TV. It's just so... So low rent. Um, yeah, agreed. agreed. But yeah, they did the whole Britsberg homecoming thing, and it was definitely the most lackluster one of these they've done yeah. for that exact reason, because the match yeah. was nothing. And, and I don't know what like, I don't know what Brits character is going to be now after losing the title. I really don't know what she's going to do.
2: Mm, she needs to kind of
1: reinvent herself a little bit or mm. find some kind of feud, maybe
2: with Jamie Hater, maybe that kind of.
1: I mean, her face turn is well overdue. <sighs> yeah. That was like the anti John Cena, where praying for Cena to turn heel. People so wanted Britt Baker to turn face, and she, they just didn't do it. And then kind of the steam came off, you know? It ran out of steam. Yeah. Uh,
2: I've, I have one nitpick about uh, Rampage, uh, and it's that we finally got to hear the voice of Hook. I don't know if yeah. you guys saw the backstage segment. I yes. was very disappointed that they did it in like a stupid backstage segment with Dan Housen. And I do like, I really like Dan Housen, but it's a comedy, mm. call things a comedy angle. And I thought the first time we got to hear Hook speak, it'd be like in the, you know, a promo. He'd come out to the ring and he'd yeah. take the mic and everyone would be like, going oh, shh, sh- I Hook's going to talk. I would be like, survive if I let us. you come out with something. Yeah. But just, yeah, have him talking about like segment segment. Sorry. Tony it, it, Khan, it, it, you've lost your touch mate.
0: You've lost it mate. Design it could bitch. have been like that, that 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 iconic edge thing that, ev- that everyone references now where it's mm. like Gangrel is absolutely dying a death out there on some raw episode and yeah. then they hand edge the mic and all the girls like it's edge, edge. it's just going to speak They should have done that. They could have done that for hook. Yeah. But um listen, it'll all be it'll all be worth it when we get the big hook Dan Housen match. I'm so excited for that match. It's going to be great. Let me tell you, I never really got Dan Housen on the indies. I didn't really understand it, um, but he's great. Let me tell you, he's great. Uh, it's funny. It's funny. Na- 95% of being funny is just have it, having the voice. So it's like all he has to do is like, ah, you see what I did to your chips? You like you're uh, like this? You like this? Ah, you like this? Ah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. Uh, my curse. My curse doesn't work. What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: the chips of your power. Your power from these chips.
0: Oh, it's yeah. good stuff! It's funny. good stuff. Uh, they should say. I would have liked it Thank if um,
1: if Huck's voice was was overdubbed with Taz's voice.
0: Though. <laughs> <laughs> you want my attention? Oh. Listen, you <laughs> want my attention here. Uh, these chips, and <laughs> the <Hellson> gimmick.
1: <laughs> well, my nitpick for the week would be: we got no <laughs> with the acclaimed. Jay didn't say Tony cut the shit. Oh. Uh, Wardlow's not coming through the crowd anymore. Oh. Um, You know, our pillars are crumbling, boys. Oh, God. You know? Uh, we didn't have um, Nick Jackson acting on that. it.
0: Yeah. Uh, what did we have on the... You know, just, yeah.
1: We had CM Punk, Dustin Rose. Oh,
0: how did we not talk about that match? Oh, my God. That match was great. Oh. That's love good. CM Punk. Love Dustin as
1: well, to be fair.
2: That's good stuff. Yeah.
1: Uh, the BCC... With Wheeler Utah, they they did give him some some appropriate non colorful tights. Yeah. which I appreciate it. Appreciate that. Uh, beat up uh, Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and the nappy wearing Brock Anderson. Um, they announced the Forbidden Door. Wardlow defeated the butcher. Wardlow is still is still great. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I love, it's I love great it, stuff. I love Wardlow, but I I I did love the few weeks where he would come through the crowd, just fuck security up. And get a little bit closer to MJF every time Now they've got a different tack I get it, it's fine I, I can't say I, I love it as much As the, the previous thing, but I understand You can't just do the same thing over and over again uh, But Wardlow is, uh, they're doing it right He's over like we're over And when he gets hands on MJF, oh it'll be so good What did he say this week?
0: Oi, goik, bitch
1: <laughs> <Something like> that
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. great. that great. was good. I will say the match was just all right. I was expecting better from from him and Butcher, but you know,
1: him and him and Butch.
0: The the Archer match will be an interesting test because like Archer can proper throw him around like a little child, so it'll be interesting to see if he gets some like proper sympathy and, you know, people, I think people are into him in the sense that he comes out looking all cool and then he throws security around, but I think we're still waiting to see like, are people into him as a, like a wrestler yet or or what?
1: There was a, a, a weird little segment backstage with um, Frankie Kazarian who showed up for some reason and Sco- who, who, who is uh in line for a TNT title match, which <laughs> good luck with that uh, him and Scorpio mates again. So it, like this kind of, um, do a little hug in that so I guess this was solidifying that Scorbrous guy and his baby faces now it, it seems like such a clumsily handled double turn if that's what it's supposed to be Um, because you still have Dan Lambert and you still have Ethan Page coming out and screaming like maniacs uh, and obviously everyone hates Guevara and Conti so it just seems like I don't know it just seems very messy it's very messy at the moment yeah but that's supposed to be represented or not um, the House of Black, who I quite enjoy, to be honest, uh, but they're in a feud with Fuego del Sol, which seems like an odd use of them. mm um, not sure what the point of that is. Uh, and then the main event was a coffin match, and in the coffin match we have my Pop of the Week, which was when José the Assistant came out and for no reason tore off his shirt moments before a thumbtack bump <laughs> moments before being bumped on the tax. i i mean just specifically within the logic of the wrestling like we understand that he took it off because he's gonna get take the bump on the tax. <laughs> but that he would run down start beating up darby and just be like so into it he's like fuck i gotta get my shirt off and show off that i'm a, a big muscly man for no reason uh i thought the match was quite good i didn't think it was as good as the last one they had where andrade properly had a a big old uh, performance but I thought it was quite good. I, I liked the uh, the tack coffin and of course mm-hmm. Sting in the Sting mask and then oh, Sting good. jumping off another balcony <laughs> uh,
0: Sting jumped off a balcony in picture in picture over in the states. <laughs> oh god. Mad bastard. Mad bastard. He's just going to be in Jackass 5 at this rate. Like <laughs> It's just going to be Oh that's that's a that's a film golf to look forward to by the way Jackass 4.5 coming soon to Netflix.
1: Yes, I have my Jackass 4 Blu-ray on the way as well.
0: Uh, interesting that they're calling it 4.5 and didn't figure out a stupid forever name. I wonder if that's some kind of legal
1: yeah because it's not jackass 4 technically right yeah
0: forever very and it's like you kind of look at that go oh well what difference does it make well these days these companies don't do that stuff by accident i'm sure there's some Mm -hmm. kind of because like the main movie isn't coming to netflix i assume i don't know if it's like they had some deal with netflix versus their movie distributor but yeah anyway uh sting sting on one as always um yeah so yeah, dynamite was uh, dynamite was a lot of fun this week. Um, absolutely loaded. Next week we got comical levels of Excalibur reading matches for next week. <laughs> um, as is becoming a recurring bit, you know. So, but yeah, I think that's going to wrap it up for AEW. It's going to wrap it up for our show as well, lads. I would say. Um, uh, as we come to the conclusion here uh, Thanks everyone for Listening if you want to pop us an email For next week's show where you can chat to us about Games movies TV shows Wrestling AEW WWE, Whatever it is you want to talk about are you going To Wales for WWE uh, Let us know Are you going to to Chicago for Forbidden Door All of these, all of these are, are, are Up for grabs do let us know And uh, we will be back next week to chat about All that and more so in the meantime everyone we'll talk to you in a while cheershoppodcast.com it's goodbye from me Barry Ruffey it's goodbye from Paul goodbye it's goodbye from Joe goodbye